doing did pretty good. All right, can yeah, I just interject sure. the fact that Shannon said I didn't have anything to drink? I was just and about to say that. Seconds later, lists off an entire fucking like order for the group at a <laughs> no, bar. No way, dude! It wasn't that bad at all, dude. Like I was, I was well within the confines of my natural abilities and happy. Yeah, I did. I didn't drink at all, and then goes through the Dave Chappelle sketch of how white people <laughs> list off yeah. everything they drank, you know, in an evening. Yeah. See, if you'd have said I didn't drink much, Shannon, and then led into the couple things, but when you say I had nothing, and then you, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you were you were poor choice of words, all right? Just, just you, you were missing an you, you were just missing an adverb. That was all. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, you you know just... I used all the good words in the speech, and now I'm just using the regular words that are left over in this brain of mine. Well, at least we're not doing something where you need to talk. Everyone and welcome to that Pixel Live. This is episode two zero nine, recording September eighteenth, twenty twenty two. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we will be discussing the recent state of play and Nintendo Direct. Uh, we're going to talk about you know things like difficulty and backlog because uh, it's been bouncing around our, our different social medias. Uh, what we've been playing, a little spoiler zone, and more. To do this, I have with me as always. Shannon dropping the kids off at the pool more. Hello. Yeah, it's a it was a long weekend of eating lots of food. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had a, I was I was involved in a wedding this weekend and um, the rehearsal after the rehearsal, it was held at a Brazilian steakhouse uh, where they did not mess around, dude. Like, you know, you got that card, you flip mm-hmm. it to green and they come by with the meat and then you flip it back to red when you're done with the meats. And like, dude, it was just like a conveyor belt of people just like started showing up at my table when I flipped that card. And there's, I'm, I, I don't think I've ever eaten multiple pounds of meat in like one sitting as fast as I did on that day. And then of course, like, you know, you got to fit in your tux the next day. And yep. then, you know, while you're crammed into that, like sausage casing for the lack of a better <laughs> word, because that's what I felt like, uh, you know, I had, all the food at the dinner there, you know, at the event there. And then, you know, today, like decided to follow that up with, I don't know, like a hotel breakfast and mm-hmm. all the fixings that come along with that. So yeah. Um, right before the show, I put in a bunker buster right into that toilet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, hopefully you're moving light on your feet, right? Now, <laughs> oh, dude, know? I got the zoomies. Let me tell you, yeah. like I just, I was, I was, yeah, I was traveling light on my feet coming into this room to record tonight. Well, you know, we love to see it. Also joining us is <laughs> Justin. No thanks, Pearl Carter. I know, dude. It's your boy. Yeah, I have zero interest in going to go see Pearl. Uh, I saw <laughs> X. I talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, decrepit old people. That That's what's in in horror right now. And even though she's, I guess, young in this one, it's just, uh, I'll wait for it to come out on digital. It was one of those things that where I figured you probably would have went and saw it just because you saw Barbarian of all movies, uh, as I listened to last week's show. So, 
But see, I also went into Barbarian completely blind, not knowing that that's what. And then when it happened, I was like, "Really old, decrepit bitch again, dude." I'm like, "It's just, <laughs> it is horror people. They love it. They're like, dude, low budget, just throw naked old woman on there, and that'll scare people in their seats and sell tickets." Well, you know, the entropy and aging process does scare teenagers, so it works. Uh, I also did a Brazilian steakhouse experience this this weekend and you know it's funny because they have the like it's for lack of a better word like the salad bar area Mm -hmm. and uh if you are getting actual salad there you are doing yourself a disservice (laughs) to stay the hell away from that uh go go hit up the charcuterie sure you know Mm -hmm. like do do that thing get the good bread like that's all good but stay away from the greenery that's not why we're here you know, that's not why I'm paying the money. I'm not showing up for salads. Uh, also, do your own due diligence when they're bringing the meat skewers around. You don't want that sirloin. I don't care if it's top or bottom. Stay the fuck away from the sirloin. Yeah, give me the filet. Mm-hmm. I'll take the ribeye. Mm-hmm. Oh, double bone pork chop? Yes, please. You're coming around my table with sirloin and chicken legs? No, I can make that at home, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wasting my time. You know, we... Let's 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 be real why we're here. So, Shannon, do you have a similar experience? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, bring me the bacon wrap fillets all day. Yes. Like, I will put those down like the uh, what was it? The I think there was a garlic crusted uh, medallions. Uh, oh, bring me those. Um, yeah, the the shrimps and the prawns. I'll take those as a little palate cleanser between. Mm-hmm. Meats. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like, don't don't bring the the you know the bottom tier meats like i'm here for the i'm here for the stuffs yeah yeah the shrimp and the scallop stuff that's like a total aperitif mm-hmm. you know it's 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 the chocolate milkshake when you're eating the burgers and fries just to break it up you know mm-hmm. get yourself a get your reset the taste buds a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah other than that no i your your common meats no thank you i will tell you there was this uh there there was this <clears throat> no it was a pineapple Mm-hmm. glazed in brown sugar and maple syrup i think it was like a, a maple syrup kind of thing like a mm-hmm. vermont maple syrup with brown sugar slow roasted so it was like crispy on the outside and then like the, all the juices stayed inside the pineapple all right um they brought that by on a skewer dude game changer like i i i slept on that for like most of the meal um but dude when i had it it was like an epiphany for my taste buds. Oh, excellent so i will look get for the that, chance to try that go for it we had uh, oh sorry no i was just say shannon's driving home from the steakhouse popping shrimp like out of his pocket (laughs) and stuff for later on the ride home yeah they kind of frown on that like can i get this in a to-go box they're like no 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 you eat this here yeah it's like mongolian barbecue places where you're like can i get to go box and they're like no absolutely not like you eat it here you don't eat like i don't even care (laughs) um but yeah the uh this place had bacon that was brown sugar and pepper bacon mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they they fry it off in brown sugar and pepper and that stuff let me tell you that was that was straight up crack like you couldn't, <laughs> i couldn't stop like i had to remove myself from the the vicinity of the tray because i couldn't stop eating it it was ridiculous so was uh, that at the salad bar or was that like uh as that, a that was at the salad bar place. They, they yeah, see, that's where they get you. That. They pull you over with the candied bacons, mm-hmm. and they try to get you to eat that salad. And you're just like, no, 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 no I can't do no. that. 
<laughs> I was like, marinated mushrooms? No, thank you. Like, I am asparagus. I'm, get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't mess with those things. Um, but I'll tell you what we do mess with. Uh, we mess with some state of plays, and Sony kind of came out sweet. I love that Nintendo's like we're coming with the Nintendo Direct. And here we go. We're going to have big details and all of these things. And then Sony's like, oh, okay. We're doing a state of play. Same day, four <laughs> hours later. But, bro, did you even introduce our other co-host? I don't, I don't even remember. I thought we yeah, just got remember, into meat talk. It was like the No Thank You Pearl thing. Oh, that's right, dude. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally I forgot. I got, the, I got into the meat. <laughs> I, got, I got meat sweats over here right now, yeah. bro. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. He's got, he's got <laughs> I didn't meat mean to interrupt your flow. He, you brought up the candied bacon, and Shannon's like, burger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had me for a second. I'm like, do we have a fourth tonight? Like, what am I? Huh? Yes, it's, my, it's the meat, ba- meat, meat belly. Yes, yeah. Shannon and his stomach co-hosting tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the uh, I, I did appreciate how Sony was like, oh, that's cute. You're going to announce a Zelda game a year from now. Let's talk with some bangers that we got. Um, and they, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting as much as they dropped. I mean, they got, we got Tekken 8, kind of a whole little showcase for Tekken 8, which is like the first big uh, reveal for that. Something everyone kind of figured was coming for a while, but it was the first big announcement for it. Um, Galaxy's Edge for PSVR 2 Star Wars. And what I liked is that was kind of like the only PSVR 2 thing. Because when I first saw it, I figured it was just going to be another VR 2 dump, you know. Uh, But the the one I saw getting a lot of traction and it surprised me when they announced it, but the Like a Dragon sequel. Uh, the Yakuza Like a Dragon sequel, Like a Dragon uh, Ishin. Um, and it's a it's a Like a Dragon spinoff that's set in the 1860s, which is very unique for the Yakuza. And the other interesting thing is uh, there's no number on this. Like, it's officially kind of its own series now. And Like a Dragon is one of those games, I've had it sitting on my hard drive forever. Everyone tells me I'd love it. Everyone tells me I should play it. I just haven't, and I probably should fix that because it looks it looks awesome. Um, we got Hogwarts Legacy is a game I'll never play, but it's getting exclusive missions that are supposed to be spooky and and creepy, and that's going to be exclusive to PlayStation. Um, let's, and then what is it? Project Eve is now called Stellar Blade, and it got a new trailer, and it, I mean it looked all right. I don't really know what that game is, but it looked fine. But then, but then, gentlemen, there was a new trailer for God of War Ragnarok, uh, and they confirmed that it's still coming this year, and they also announced a new DualSense controller, which, sure, whatever, it, it's branded with God of War. But that trailer, God damn, like, I don't, the whole conversation he's having with his son, and, you know, He's like, I don't need your help. And the son's like, yes, you do. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're in all these situations where you might die. And the line of death can have me when it earns me. And I was just like, okay, I'm buying. Like, just take the money. Just here. Here you go. What what do I need to pay? I'm in. Like, just have all the money. I need this game right now. Uh, Yeah, I'm very. The hype meters have become 
just annoying for me when it when it hits God of War. Uh, how uh, your thoughts, gentlemen? Your thoughts. I mean, I thought God like I was incredibly excited for God of War. I figured we were gonna see God of War. I also agree. I was surprised we didn't really see they. I expected way more PlayStation VR stuff. To be honest, I thought they were gonna do a lot more with that. So I was kind of surprised that they kind of mm-hmm. kept that back. But honestly, I mean, for me, for the most part, I was actually kind of underwhelmed by it. I mean, besides God of War and stuff like, I don't really play Tekken. And I haven't also really been that hype on like Hogwarts and stuff. So I thought it was kind of funny that Sony was like, oh, yeah, we're also doing a thing today. And then I felt like in comparison to which, you know, I guess everyone's different. But I thought compared to like what Nintendo showed or whatever, that they didn't really outside of God of War, they didn't really come in like guns blazing. I don't know. I'm excited for Stellar Blade, of course. Yeah, I, I was I was expecting a dig from Justin, but you know, Stellar Blade looks good. Um, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok like looks gorgeous and beautiful, and uh, you know some of the mechanics that they showed with like the grappling hook kind of thing and being Thor able to, like, Ragnarok. It's God so, of War, <laughs> fucking man. Yeah. He Sorry. called it Thor last oh God, week too, dude. You did it again, oh. like. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, God of War. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> oh, uh, Please. Bro. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It, it's a, it's, it looks good. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to go cry now. But Dude, I'll, I'll tell you the, the thing I was most surprised to see is Sony was like, man, kids today sure love these NFTs. What if we made our own version of them that you can't actually sell, but you can just collect them on your PlayStation? Kids will oh yeah, the, the Sony shares or whatever they yeah. were calling it. Dude, I couldn't like... believe that was real. Like after I was, I was like, is this a real thing that people want? Like I don't understand what this but is for. They also did talk about uh, what Demio I think was the game that came out yeah. on the Oculus Quest, um, which was a great like tabletop like Dungeons is, and Dragons style. Is game. that the one you were talking about last yeah. week? Yeah, I I've wanted to mess with that one too. It's it's like pure D and D, right? Mm, yeah so basically it's like you have uh like a a room that you can either do like a top down but like if you switch if you use your uh your joy con joysticks whatever you want to call them um you can rotate the board so that you could see like basically all the different paths and you can play like multiplayer so you can have like three or four people playing with you so that you can clear out a room together that's cool. um the enemies continue to spawn so it's not like uh you just clear out waves and go it's kind of like you need to fight and go at the, and like push forward at the same time it's it's the back for blood <laughs> model yeah yeah but not as uh hectic but yeah it's um it's it's an interesting game and i think that that deserves more play and if it can get more eyes on it with the psvr then great but i don't mm-hmm. think the psvr is going to sell because you know while you could sit down and play this game the the compulsion to move around and walk around the table is you know is there and now you still you still have a cable that you got to worry about with the playstation vr and that concerns me yeah but i mean the cable is going to be a big big hindrance as well as the 600 dollars price tag that's what because they haven't announced a price but when you look at the tech they're rolling out there, it's going to cost at least as much as a PlayStation five. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see that moving the needle for people. Nah. Especially when most people that want a PS five still can't buy one. So, Hey, here we are. Um, it, it, you know, it is different. Like if PS fives were widely available uh, at launch, you're talking two years now that most people would have had a PS five. 
and have recouped their cost, you know, moved past the initial buy-in fee and been like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll, I'll go with another 400, 500 for this basically new system that uses my current system. Um, but when it's like, Hey, do you want this PSVR two? And it's going to cost you a thousand dollars to get in. No, no, I, I don't. Thank you very much, Sony. I'm fine with my PS5. But you can play Resident Evil 2 in VR. I, that's great. Hey, you know where else you can play Resident Evil games? Let's move to the Nintendo Direct. Um, <laughs> the, uh, 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 that's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so amidst a lot of stuff, I'm going to talk about the least important of their announcements first, <laughs> just to make my segue work. Uh Resident Evil Village Cloud uh, coming to the Switch in an ever-increasing amount of modern games that the Switch can't run, that they're going to run a cloud version of and act as a dummy screen for you. Um, And, uh, you know, they're they're also getting cloud versions of Resident Evil 7, uh, Resident Evil 2, and 3, the remakes. Um, Yeah, I don't care. I've, I've played all these games. They're fine. They're great. I'd rather play them on not switches and not streaming. So, you know, here we go. But let's talk about why, you know, the real stuff, which of course is the worst of the Final Fantasy games getting remade. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII uh, will be released December 13th, 2022. Uh, Justin seems shocked by this revelation. Justin, your thoughts. Dude, I was like, I don't even, I'll, this is coming from me. I, I don't play Final Fantasy. I don't like Final Fantasy like a whole lot, but I love Crisis Core. And when they showed that they're remaking Crisis Core, <laughs> I was so excited. I'm not going to get it on the Switch because you're right. It's going to look like dog shit and run yeah. on the Switch. I was like, I will be playing it on PS5. But the fact that it comes out this year, I was like, I love Crisis. I like the fighting in Crisis Core. It was great. Like before the Final Fantasy VII remakes and stuff, like it was, you know, a venture out of like, oh, Final Fantasy can be not turn-taking and it's actually like really good. Yeah, except they didn't do it good. And I mean, the main character is named Zack. You think I'd be in, but nah, nah, bro. Like, give me those dress fears from X2. Like, that's that's what we're talking about. That's about now. That's a battle system. I mean, I do I do like the wardrobe combat system. I mean, they even like Lightning Returns as much as that was hot garbage. The combat system was great (laughs) in Lightning Returns. I love how Lightning Returns is just catching strays for no reason. (laughs) Uh, Shannon, you are the JRPG person here. Your thoughts on? I mean, it's not a JRPG, but let's your thoughts on this Final Fantasy VII. I, I think I'm well I'm I'm in Justin's camp. Um but I think it's mainly because I haven't played this game before. Um mm-hmm. so it, you know if they put a little gloss on it and kind of touch up some of the areas they had problems with before I'm, I'm all for it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to give it a try. You know, it's funny that uh I mean admittedly this game is not my style of game I usually played but it was one of the three games I owned for a PSP way back mm-hmm. when. And so it was like, well, I'm going to play it because I bought it. It was one of the only things I could buy for this damn thing. And uh, it just, man, it just didn't sit right with me. So, yeah, I hope it, I hope it sits right with you guys. I'd love Mm -hmm. to be wrong. Um, Okay. Let's actually talk about the big one, which is, Hey guys, 
the Breath of the Wild sequel actually has a name. And it's called Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And they put a date on it for realsies this time of May 12th, 2023. And it's I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around 2023 being like a real date. Like that still sounds wrong to me. Um, but yes, and uh, they put, you know, eight seconds of footage out there for people to <laughs> freeze frame and parse through. Uh, and it looks like you're going to get a lot of like sky combat and I'll be honest, that scares me because Skyward Sword sucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, I don't know, like Link's riding birds are big stone birds anyway. And it kind of looks like they took the same map and just added a huge skybox with stuff in it uh, over it. So, yeah, I mean, any hype, any hype levels for May 12th, 2023? I mean, I'm excited for it. I was actually honestly like surprised that they even showed anything for Zelda. Mm-hmm. If you listened to last week, I pretty much guaranteed that they weren't going to show any Zelda. So I was wrong. Like, I did not think that were they you, were. Were you? Well, I mean, they, okay, I will be honest because that was my. So I had this exact same conversation in a different Discord with my friend here because he was like, oh, dude, like the new Zelda thing. And I was like, did you see the new trailer? And I was like, there, I was like, what new trailer? And he's like, dude, they showed, I'm like, dude, they showed like five seconds of gameplay. Like, what are yeah. you getting so excited about? I'm like, they should, he's like, well, no, they I'm like, yeah, they showed Link falling out of the sky. Like it's Fortnite. And then they're like, here's the new title screen. And I was like, okay, yeah, that wasn't like anything though. I was, I don't know why you're super excited about that, but I, I, it is cool. It's coming out right before my birthday. So I right. probably will. I mean, I love the fur. I know. Breath of the Wild's a, a touchy subject around here, but I did really love the first one, so I am excited for the new one. I mean, I'm kind of mixed on it. Like, I played the first one and I beat the first one, but I think it was primarily because that was the only game that I had for the Switch at the time. Um, so, you know, I just kind of stuck with it. Um, I do have some gripes with it, like mainly the stamina and the weapon breaking, and I hope that they do something like, you know, they build like an, you know... I, more durability into weapons like maybe give it a something that's a little bit more known than maybe like three swings on something and it's gonna break um so you know that's my only gripe um my other gripe is that the console is gonna be eight years old no six years old at that point and there's no tech upgrades no nothing so that thing is gonna struggle uh it's i don't think it's gonna look as good as it should so my my hot take is you get a super switch launching maybe day and date with the game that's mm. i because i'm with you i the, breath of the wild one didn't run all that well and now you're making a way bigger game um might be a good time to i mean you want to guarantee hardware sales hey this game runs on the super switch also color it to look like a super nintendo and people will eat that shit up like, but that's and great. Throw it, in it, some Zelda Joy Cons for ninety dollars. But and that's Mike cool. Miller will buy five sets. It'll be great. And it, it, I mean, that's the thing. Great, it'll run faster, but it's still gonna look not good. It's not gonna look like a next gen Switch console game. It's just, it's just gonna run a little better, but it's not gonna look look better. And the, like that's Nintendo. The thing is, Nintendo fans don't care. They just want it to run nice. Like, yeah, I was like, that's never been a problem, Shannon. 
it will still sell out in Japan. Because that's the thing is, and in America, like Zelda people are weird and I don't get it. Like I've never, again, this is me talking. I'm not speaking for the group here. I've never understood the cult of Zelda. I've never gotten it. Like people that are just like, fuck yeah, Legend of Zelda, let's go. I'm like, why? Like I played Ocarina of Time. I played the Super Nintendo one. I played the DS remake of the Super Nintendo one. I've played the random little kid cartoon one. What, where you sail a boat? I'm for blanking on the name. Uh, Wind um, Waker. Yeah, Wind Waker. Oh, the kid one. And they were all fine. Like they were all great. Sure. Am I getting fucking tattoos and like losing my shit every time they talk? Give me five seconds of fucking trailer. No, like I don't. I don't understand it. Like. <laughs> you, you go around and explore and collect shit and it's done really well. Like I'm not saying they're bad games. They're, they're done exceptionally well. I don't get it. I don't, I just don't. As someone who has, you personally attacked as someone who has two Zelda tattoos, I do feel <laughs> a little attacked. I, I, I was doing that to try to pull you into the conversation so you could explain to me. Cause I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, and I'll be honest, like, Zelda's never been, like, my favorite, and honestly, okay, I think... Okay, but you I, have two tattoos! You got, I do, you got two tattoos, I do, I, gonna... I do, but it, one's from Breath of the Wild, which I do love. I got the, the shrine slate, the little eye, which I loved Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. and my other one's from Minish Cap, which is literally my other favorite one. I honestly... Okay. I think yeah, Ocarina that's... of Time's overrated. Like, my... I do not think it's the pinnacle of Zelda. My, my two favorite Zelda games that I have played are probably Minish Cap and uh, Wind Waker. Those would be the two. And like, if they had had announced that Wind Waker remake that everyone assumed they were going to announce, but didn't, I mean, I wouldn't pay 50 or 60 bucks for it, but if it came out as a $20 tile, sure. I'd play through that game again, but I, I don't, I just don't understand the cult of Zelda. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but Hey, again, this is me. Not, I'm not speaking for the group. I hope everyone enjoys their tears of the kingdom. Like I know I probably won't play it, but, but let's talk about something that's going to wake Shannon up. Uh, fire emblem engage. And I was like, speaking of games, Shannon's not going to play. He'll play a good 10 hours of it. Yeah. Um, yeah of this 120 hour game and uh yeah fire emblem engage is the next main line entry for the series uh it got announced coming out uh january 20th 2023 um and so yeah you're gonna be uh you know taking on dragons and stuff it looks it looks very fire emblem ish you know marth marth will be hanging out with you yeah, and the a little trailer thing, they uh looks like they're bringing back a lot of people throughout the history of Fire Emblem. Like they showed Marth, they showed the chick from the Game Boy Advance one, which is really the fourth game, but in the US it was basically the first game. Is that like Celica or whatever? Uh I think so. I don't remember what her yeah. name is. But the uh I I probably just pissed a whole bunch of people off. I I don't know Fire Emblem. I'm sorry, guys. Uh and the uh I, I think it's it looked a little fan servicey, but maybe that's a series that needs it. You know, like they just kind of send a bunch of Fire Emblem stuff out there and then are like, hey, Super Smash Brothers, you you guys all love Fire Emblem, right? And it's like, what? What is this? 
It seems like it's a it's that weird type of thing where it's a huge title and niche at the same time. And so, like, I'm kind of excited to see if they can build off the momentum of the last release with this one. Because uh, that was one of the that that uh, what was it three what was it three houses three houses mm-hmm. three houses that had the most like cultural zeitgeist of any fire emblem thing i can remember well and that's what's funny because you're right it used to be a very niche fire emblem like people who know it and played it loved it but not a lot of people knew it outside of like oh yeah those two characters from smash brothers Mm -hmm. and then awakening came out on the 3ds and that seemed to be like the one that got all these people on board all of a sudden. And then that's when they started pumping out Fire Emblem games and they did Conquest and they did like multiple ones on the 3DS. Oh yeah, there were all the offshoot ones that they were doing. Yeah. Yeah, and then now like, and then Three Houses, I think like on the Switch was another big one that like cemented that fan base where they were like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. And now I love like a whole nother generation invested in it. I love how you and I have done all the talking when the guy that actually will play this game has literally said nothing. So I know sure. I was really I was really impressed, but I mean I mean I hate to be the the rain cloud on this, but like I was not happy with the um the the I guess summons or like having pulling in these like other characters from the other hmm. games. Why is that? Um I don't know. It just I wanted kind of I, I don't I think you're just kind of relying on the nostalgia of the past series to pull people into this game to try to get them to play it, which is fine. I mean, Nintendo seems to do that with pretty much all of their properties. But like I would say to me, like I would like to see more innovation in the gameplay as far as like the tactics portion of it goes, like spend more time with that, like not so much on the gotcha of like trying to get people, you know, who used to play these franchises back into it because you could bring your favorite characters back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, so I'm interested to see how that plays out, but I was kind of disappointed when I saw that. But I mean, from what I, and the, and they didn't show a lot of strategic gameplay, right? Like they just kind of did a lot of the glossy, glossy, like cartoon uh, cinematics, which is fine. Um, but I wanted to see more about like, where, what are you doing to innovate that, that battle system? Because it's fine but it's the same in like every single like system. I mean, granted you've done some things to kind of switch it up. Like, you know, like you've had your, you know, citadels or places to go to level up certain people or to change factions or to get them to do certain things. But like, you know, ultimately when it comes down to battle, like all of those character classes that you can evolve them into pretty much do the same thing across all the games. So I would like to see something a little different there. Um, All right. I mean, granted, I'll still play the game and maybe there'll be something that'll spark my interest with what they're doing as far as the the narrative with those characters. But I think for right now, I'm just going to be a little bit more reserved with my my hype levels for the game. Okay, Fair enough. Fair enough. What about Octopath Traveler 2? Did that grab you? (laughs) I saw it and I laughed because I was like, I mean, I got so far into that first one and I never finished it. So, like, you know, I guess you've got you've got time because February 24th is when it's coming out. So you got some time. It's true. I mean, yeah. I also have like, you know, 10 hours of Fire Emblem to get through and like uh, God of War and I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever else comes out between now and then. That one yeah, you finish Xenoblade Chronicles, you know? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'm like, still playing that. There's there's DLC for that. I'm going to play. 
you were also though such a huge fan of triangle strategy that I figured it'd be high on your list. Triangle strategy was good. Don't get me wrong. I like it. I just, you know, uh, Justin, I'd like to go to the tape. If we <laughs> can. Um, I was like, I'm going to call bullshit when you've done nothing but bitch about triangle. strategy. <laughs> Every time you played it, you're just like, Oh, so many words. All the reading. Oh. <laughs> um, I will say I I don't have much desire to play Octopath Traveler, but I love the look of it. Like I could that is one of those games where like, yeah, you just throw up a Twitch stream of someone playing it and it's like, yeah, I can just watch that all day. Like it's a beautiful look to a game. I I really love it. Um <laughs> So going back to the Sony one, it's hard. I mean, I granted Nintendo went first, which was good. But it's hard when they're like, hey, you know what our big October release is? Bayonetta 3. And here's all this, you know, playing as Bayonetta. Here you go. Like, watch her take out a room full of dudes. And then you go watch the God of War. Like, and this is what combat looks like trailer. And it's like, man, what is this PlayStation 2 ass bullshit? They're trying to peddle me as Bayonetta 3 like graphically it just looks so much worse and it's like it look I, it looks fine it looks fun like I, I like I Bayonetta combat has always been awesome but graphically man it just looks so bad and they I know they probably had to to get the frame rate steady so you could actually do all these crazy combos and do all this stuff I'm just I don't have good vibes around Bayonetta three and maybe, maybe I've just become a graphics horror in my old age. Maybe that's it. You know, I had my rant about being sick of the pixel art indie games. Sorry, Justin, but um, you know, I'm, I'm ready for big boy graphics now and Bayonetta three just is not scratching that itch. Deep. Justin as our resident indie pixel gamer. Uh, do you have thoughts about Bayonetta three's look? I mean, not really. We talked about it on the other podcasts and stuff. And it's one of those things I basically straight up said that it's like, why would I play that when I could just play Devil May Cry 5? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I still, you know, feel that way. Unless, you know, Bayonetta is going to somehow prove me wrong. But also V, V rules. So V V is great. And the fact that, you know, you can play as Virgil in the DLC and stuff. It's like, you know, yeah, give me that. So are we are we getting on the GoldenEye 007 train, boys? Uh, Shannon, one of those it's, where... Shannon, it's an audio format. I'm <laughs> going to say no, okay. uh, because, uh, you know, I don't want to play that on the Switch. And I know they're coming out with a release for uh, the Xbox or, mm-hmm. you know, Microsoft, but they're not allowing online play um, through Microsoft. Wait. And I think that's super weird because Nintendo is like the jankiest of janky online services. And mm-hmm. for them to lock down multiplayer, see, like, hmm, okay, that's curious. That's a curious choice. Uh, I'll be honest, though. I, sure, it's it, it, when they said they are updating the controls, that's when I was sold. Because <laughs> GoldenEye is one of those things that lives in my memory. Like, that was a dorm room classic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Four player, you know, pistols only, let's go. Um, no one can play odd job, you know, all the rules. And when uh 
when people would talk about them relaunching GoldenEye, I was always like, okay, okay, we all had fun. But y'all, Halo and Call of Duty exist now, and you don't remember how bad those controls... Like, they were fantastic for the time, but dual analog shooters exist, and that wasn't one of them. And you're not going to have fun like you think you are. Uh, but now that they're updating the controls, I'm in. I, I want... You- I want just got finished saying that you're a graphics whore and you're going to play the game that looks it's going to have the worst graphics i mean it's not going to look i'm not immune to nostalgia shannon (laughs) uh also let's be honest with each other i'm gonna play this for like a night and be like yeah that was awesome (laughs) and then i'll i'm probably never gonna play it again but that four hour period where i'm calling up some of my dudes that i went to college with and are like you know silencers on let's go that's that's gonna be great it's gonna be fun yeah what you mean while you're calling them up on your cell phone because you can't talk to them through the nintendo's like online places oh, yeah, we're gonna be dropping discord them. links it'll be great you know like it'll be fantastic okay. all right um <laughs> have like seven peripherals open so you can play one freaking game that came out when you were in college that you want to relive some nostalgia points for i mean as long as we're on the nostalgia train can we talk about the new wave of packs coming to mario kart like i'm no. i've I've enjoyed i've enjoyed the releases that they're putting to mario kart 8 you're making me Um, angry just put out a new game don't do this track bullshit but shannon we're getting peach gardens yeah come on man it's gonna be good um and and also and and mary mountain come on dude when shannon says who gives a shit spoken like someone who didn't play the ds game shannon You're uh, right. I didn't have a DS until like maybe like two years before like you know the Switch came out. <laughs> two years before they stopped making DSs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm I I've been really enjoying the the Mario Kart releases when they do them. Um, I like you know I own the game already, so I like having new tracks. It's fun, and my kids like Mario Kart and kart racers are fun. Though my daughter is all about the Sonic Racing game not Mario Kart, which has created some tension in the household. Um, but yeah, I, I will be downloading those. Uh, another game that I, I own that they're releasing more content for. No, not Mario Strikers, Robbie Stolten pool. Um, <laughs> Nintendo switch sports is getting their golf mode that has been delayed and delayed and delayed. It's finally coming out around holiday time. It's going to be a free update. 21 whole course and i mean sure it should have been there on release golf was always a great uh wii sports game but uh i'm looking forward to playing it i'm i'll mess around with it for free free 99 sure let's do it um and we what else what oh pikmin was announced pikmin 4 pikmin 4 from the dead like that game was announced in like 2014 2015 something like that and then radio silence <laughs> like almost a decade later uh but now they, they said it's coming pikmin 4 they're still making it it's on its way uh and my theory is Tinykin got released and got a lot of positive buzz and they were like oh god we got to finish that yeah oh right pikmin yeah let's get that out the door um i mean I don't know. Did Pikmin run its course? Is people do people care? 
is anyone playing that mobile game? Did they already shut it down? I don't know. I don't know. Who can, who, who knows? Who can find the answers to these questions? But, um, I mean, I want to see what it is. I like the Pikmin games. They're fun. I haven't played one in 10 years, but sure. I mean, I played, what was it? The re-release of, what was it? Pikmin 3? Yeah. yeah. Like Like a couple months ago or at the beginning of this year, was it? God, was that this year? I don't know. Holy shit. I feel like it was because I feel like I played it recently. I don't know. But um, yeah, like I got my fill. I've I've never played a Pikmin game before that. I played it at that time and I was like, I see what they're doing. This is fun for a little bit. But like, I don't like games with time constraints, Uh, like, you know, where you feel rushed, like you have to complete a certain amount of things in a certain Mm -hmm. amount of time. Um, You know, so I think I'm out um, of Pikmin, but like Tinykin, like, a version of the game with no time constraints that's more chill. Like, mm-hmm. give me that all day. Yeah. We, we will be talking about Tinykin later in this show. Um, that's what we call foreshadowing. Uh, hey, uh, real quick, Shannon. What if I told you that Pikmin 3 Deluxe on the Switch came out October 7th, 2020? I mean, <laughs> to be fair, my brain still thinks it's 2020 most of the time. So... I'll I'll give Shannon a pass on that one. (laughs) Uh, They also announced like a million farming games. So if you like farming, guess what? You're going to have a smorgasbord to pick from when it comes to the Switch. It seems like that's like all Square Enix does anymore. They're like, hey, let's remake Final Fantasy and redo the fifth Harvest Moon game. Yeah. Oh, and also make a game called Harvestella for some reason. Um but then also that after that, you know, a bunch of games that already exist are coming to the Switch, like Tunic, It Takes Two, Sifu, uh, Front, the Front Mission remakes. I don't know, Tales of Symphonia. Does anyone care? I don't know. I'm sure people do, and I'm sorry if I'm offending you. Um, and then uh, was it Radiant Silver Gun for some reason? Factor. I want to see how the hell they do Factorio on a Switch because that stuff is. If you've never played Factorio on the PC, it is surprisingly resource intensive because there's a lot of systems running that. It's not the most graphically impressive game in the world, but there's a ton of systems in Factorio. Uh, it's kind of an RTS factory builder type game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how they do that. Uh, and uh, and then hey, Just Dance 2023. I know you talked about it last week, but uh, Justin. You'll be getting moving in November, November twenty second, bud. See if they yeah, have I'm... that. See if they have that corpse husband DLC. <laughs> Dude, they will. No, <laughs> um, no, I'm excited though too for uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland. Oh right, right, right. It's coming to Switch, man. It's like I never actually played the Wii one. So the fact that it's one that you know they did and I never got to play. So it's like, yeah, dude, I'll pick that up. Just like you know, with a uh, the Super Mario kind of like 3D land. Mm-hmm. stuff it's like you know i'm down for that all right well that's a and i mean kirby's been riding a wave of success lately so hopefully that's something um but let's talk the latest and greatest of news that happened it was just last night i think uh gta 6 has apparently has screenshots and footage leaked to the interwebs um Jason Schreier has basically said he confirmed that all the, the leaks are real. Um, and guess what? It looks like Grand Theft Auto and it looks really early. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed that this stuff gets out. Cause you know, at, at let's say the earliest, the best 
you know, if they're on top of their game, this game's probably still two years away. You know, it's not coming out this year. It's not coming out next year. And it looks like it. It looks like there's a bunch of great systems. It looks like they've got a, a good framework built up. But then when you see comments of people just shitting all over it, you know, and it's like, yeah, of course, because it's not done. Like, it's nowhere near done. Like, guess what? All of the games you love look like total dog shit two years out. You know, like, surprise. And I don't know. I feel bad for the developers. But I also feel bad because the public reaction, I think, really makes developers pause on what they want to share. You know, it's like they, when people always make uh, comparisons between movies and and uh, and video games. And it's one of those things like, you know, when costume photos come out from MCU, like leaked photos of like actors in their costumes, people aren't sitting there going like, that looks fucking awful. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Thor in his costume without all the VFX around it doesn't look as good. Stunning, shocking. And it's like, yeah, guess what? This, you know, restaurant shootout scene without years of polish on it also doesn't look that great. So what is the developer's, uh, any developer, not just Rockstar, but what's the developer's like impetus to share anything with the public, knowing that most of the reaction is just going to be like, oh, this is awful. I, I don't know. I think it's just a bummer in that regard. Yeah, um, I got news for you, Zach. The internet is a horrible place for human beings to just get together and just bag on shit. Um, I, so I'm yeah, clutching my pearls. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that people have a negative response to a game that's still in development. Um, but it's kind of a double-edged sword for developers. I think you're right. Uh, people want to hold things close to the vest, um, just so things like key points aren't spoiled for people or, mm -hmm. you know, pe people's hype levels don't fall. But at the same time, I think you need to have some, like have a guideline for your company or have a guideline for your workers. Be like, look, like we need to send this out to the wild to kind of see what the reviews or the initial take is on what we've got so far. We're okay with where we're at, like with certain things, what we're sending this out for is like, let's look for keywords on, um, you know, what they think of the story or what they think of, you know, this particular aspect of it. And I think they just kind of need to sift through all that crap and find, you know, those those statistics that they're really looking for as far as mm -hmm. what people are interested in. Um, you know, it's a bummer that the stuff leaked, um, but, you know, that's the nature of the industry is, you know, people want that hot goss and, you know, they're going to try to, you know, stir the flames. But, you know, bad publicity is still publicity. So, yeah, you know, I guess it's just one of those like. I don't know it, when it's when it's this far out when the game releases that it's it's not like it's got a October, November release date. You know, it's 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 years away. And mm -hmm. and to have it met with such like visceral piss taking, it's just mm -hmm. like, what it, what are we doing? You <laughs> Isn't know? that like the GTA like community, though? <laughs> like those fair, guys are sad. Fair. They've 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 made the bed they're now lying in. So mm -hmm. that's fair. <laughs> um, is this why you won't show any negative space, Justin? Is this, is this why you've kept your cards so close to the vest? It is, you know, it's cause I got sick of getting all the death threats 
of people, you know, asking me where negative space was. And they're like, dude, like, look at the fucking eye on this thing. Like, the cube barely moves at all. Like, what is this running at 30 frames a second? Like, what is this on the Switch? Garbage, dude. You got two Wii's taped together. What are we doing here? (laughs) But I did feel really bad for them that that got leaked and stuff. Because it's funny, like, some of the videos look look amazing. Like, the scenery, Mm -hmm. the lighting, like, the just even textures and stuff on people that that stuff looks incredibly polished and like you were saying the the chicken waffle house whatever like robbery gone awry thing and stuff like yeah it looks a little rough but you're only seeing one room in what i'm assuming is like multiple cities like multiple states like you know we don't know how big i guess the game is yet but it's like dude like you're literally seeing i'm sure they have the entire game like developed to some point like all these areas and stuff that are developed to a point they're not fully fleshed out and stuff and they just kind of threw whatever in there to like fill space you know just to get it to work for a to b and then they're going to go back in you know and obviously polish everything up and do whatever later so you know i wonder i mean for me it was really impressive just to see like the tool set that Rockstar has because like you're like to your point, you can tell like half of that stuff they were just throwing in as like mm-hmm. space fillers. Yeah. But even that stuff looked pretty good for the state it was in. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like some like unity store, like asset or something <laughs> totally. that was just like sitting there, like a bunch of T pose people like doing stuff. I mean, they were reacting to what was happening on the screen, but you know, I'm excited for it. Like, I mean, I don't, I'm not like a huge GTA fan or like mm-hmm. whatever, but it looks good. It looks nice. It looks next gen. Like it looks like, you know, it's not just, Oh, it's grand theft auto more grand theft auto five. Like it's yeah. obvious that they're, they're doing more with it and stuff, which, you know, I appreciate where, you know, they're not Ubisoft pumping out six Assassin's Creed games for a sure. year <laughs> and two on mobile, you know, um well okay let's let's get into our weekly consultation because i would like to know shannon's bigger thoughts on splatoon 3 i know you touched on it last week a little bit but that's a game i I, i've never been a splatoon guy but i've been side-eyeing it it's been making eyes at me it's winking it's winking from the corner so uh why don't you talk to me a little bit about that um what is your hang up on it like why are you Uh, on the fence about buying it a little bit of the aesthetic. I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, fan of the the whole vibe of it, look wise. Um, and I'll be honest, when I messed around with Splatoon one, mm-hmm. I just kind of was like, okay, that's what that is, sure. And I understand like Splatoon two expanded on a bunch of stuff, added a bunch of stuff, um, and this game seems to be doing that as well. But having never played Splatoon two. Um, is is it a big enough jump from the initial game to make it like worth the time? I think if you're going from one to three, it is. Okay. Um, like they the story mode is essentially just like a elongated tutorial for you to get good at the mechanics of the game. Um, so basically, the maps are basically uh, you have little grates that you jump into, and there's mm-hmm. challenges that you have to do with specific weapons, and you get um, you know uh, salmon egg like credits to unlock um other parts of the island which gives okay. you more tchotchkes and things so like you don't really have to interact with anybody or play uh against anybody right away just to get your kind of feet underneath you um mm-hmm. so that's a good way to learn the game 
then once you get into like the multiplayer aspect, it's not really a focus on um, attacking the people on the other team. It's more of like a strategy of how to basically paint your map, right? And yeah. with the new weapons that they have and the super abilities that they have, it makes it a little bit more fun and engaging to uh, to to play those matches. Um, you know, I think the Splatfests are pretty fun um, just because it's like kind of like an arbitrary kind of topic that they talk about. Like with Splatoon 2, it was always like, you know, do you like ketchup or mustard? And like you yeah, just yeah. basically chose that team. And for a weekend, like you were basically just getting points uh, for that, you know, faction. Um, now that they've uh, with the third one, it's more of like three options you have to choose from. So they've mm. broken the teams up a little bit smaller. So it's a little bit more, uh, it could be a little bit more balanced, which is, which is fun because, you know, with like ketchup and mustard or whatever, it was like always like really one-sided. Like that was one of my gripes with Splatoon 2 is like, you know, sometimes it was really hard to get points if, if you were on like the losing side or like the yeah. least popular side. Um, but it's, it's fun. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be great to play the game. Um, you know, you're, you, I mean, the, you know, pickup groups are kind of like the, the, it's kind of like a mixed bag. Sometimes you get people that are really good. Sometimes it's like first time players. Um, but either way, I mean, like I'm always having fun with it because like, you know, I'm always looking at the different tactics that other people are, are, uh, you know, using against me. And then I try to emulate them a little bit. Um, so it always makes the game a little bit more fun, but yeah, I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? It's like a team based, uh, shooter, but instead of shooting, I mean, like the only reason you really want to shoot like to me, the only reason you want to shoot other people is basically to slow them down from okay. painting more of the map. Um, so, you know, it's, it's for me, it's fun to play in that respect. Uh, I don't have to be good at shooting other people. I just have to be good at kind of running and hiding in the paint and then like painting more of the map for my team. Are you are you using any of the gyro controls? Have you messed with that? No, at all, I or? hate them. Okay. Um, uh, like I, I don't. I'm not a fan of like the gyro controls at all. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy just using the the twin sticks and all the the triggers. Okay. Um, I they that's the one thing I I would say I didn't like about the introduction to the game is like I didn't think there was a I don't think there's a way you can turn off the motion controls when you first start it like doesn't really give you an option to go into the settings right mm-hmm. away um, so like you know they really wanted you to learn how to use those motion controls to shoot targets um, which kind of uh, bummed me out because I had the Hori controllers without the um, yeah. gyros in them um, but I was able to get through the tutorial just by jumping and shooting the targets instead um, and then I was able to turn the settings off um, okay once I got through the tutorial, but it's a fun game. I mean, like if it's your first jump into it, I would maybe wait until there's a sale um, just to sure. give it a try. Cause okay. these games have huge followings and they're always going to, the, people are always going to be playing these games. Okay. Um, and especially since it's close enough to Christmas, I can see this being one of those games. that's going to be on a lot of kids like Christmas lists. Maybe um, it's the thirty nine ninety nine drop or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I would definitely try something like that um, for your first like jump into it. Or I'll bring it. I'll bring my switch by um, one of these weekends, and we can give it a try, and you can see what it's about. Cool, cool. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, nothing much. Like uh, it's been a busy week, um, so you know I didn't get to play anymore. I didn't get to punish myself anymore with Saints Row. I've been back into uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three a little bit more, um, just kind of clearing off more of the side quests. Uh, but I think I'm up to like eighty hours right now, so doing good. It sounds like you could have wrapped that up in eighty if you chose to. So I look, I, so I was after the last time I was on a show with you guys mm-hmm. and you were just like, it sounds to me like you're stalling, like dragging your feet. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to 
go through the rest of the story and just like finish it right and then i got to this boss battle that was uh i don't think it's it's not the last boss battle but it's probably one of like the second to the last like major battle in the game and the boss is uh the same level as me but um in the in the game you have these characters that are uh rare and then lucky and then legendary Okay. And if you have a, a monster that's legendary that is the same level as you, it's actually like fighting a monster that's maybe like five levels above you. Mm-hmm. And this boss is uh, one level below me, and he starts out as like a blue, like so he's like a legendary or he's a he's like a rare. And then when you beat him the first time, he turns into a legendary the second time, like and you have to fight him back to back. And so, like, he's one level below me when I first start fighting him. And then he's, like, four levels above me after I fight him, like, the first time. And he just, like, wrecks my face. So I went, I pulled out to of that area to go, like, level up some more. So I'm going to go back there soon. I, I think I have, like, one more level before I feel comfortable going back to fight him. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, well, this week I uh, played some Tinykins. Off nice. of, I, I, I downloaded that one off Game Pass, and that is a Pikmin game, like straight up Pikmin. Uh, I, I like the little conceit, though, that, you know, you're a human from this other planet who's like, oh, we need to find the human homeworld. And you figure out a way to, like, open a portal and travel to the human homeworld, and you wind up as a insect-sized human in this house that has been taken over by insects who are also your size and you know, the game starts, you're in like a den and then the one in you help this one insect out. It's like the tutorial of like, Oh yeah. You know, like here's how you collect the tiny can. Here's how you jump. Here's how you do all this stuff. And then you find uh, this one like elder bug who takes you to his sanctum and he's trying to put together this, uh, this device when you look at the blueprints, it's like a bunch of trash that's just yeah. stuck together, but he's trying to recreate this device that this human had these blueprints for, and it must mean something. It's going to do something. And so, and it's like, you're collecting like eye goggles and a funnel and like all this random, you know, scissors, like all this random, just junk that he's putting together as something. And, uh, you travel to different rooms. Each room of the house is like another level. There's a like living room space that has, you know, giant chairs and all that type of stuff. And there's a greenhouse. And then the fourth level is the bathroom. And each area has been taken over by like different kinds of bugs. And so you're getting a little bit of the story about how the bugs society is like getting along, but also what they think of the room that they're in, which has been pretty funny, you know, like the, in the greenhouse was taken over by praying mantises and they're convinced that, you know, essentially the God who was the human that lived here before has uh, deemed them the most important because they can grow all the food. Cause they're in a greenhouse yeah. and stuff like that. Um, the, the mission before I forget the type of bug they are, but they're like, you know, like shield bugs basically. And they, uh, they have a song playing in their head that they can't get out of their head, but they found a relic, which ends up being a, a compact disc. And they figure like, Oh, this is a way to like get the song out of our head. And so everyone can hear it. So they know we're not crazy. And the whole, 
mission in that in that level is basically fixing the CD player and putting the CD in the player. Um, and then it starts playing and, and all the bugs are like, yes, we weren't crazy. Look, you, everyone can hear it. Oh my God, this is the best. Uh, so the humor of the game is really good. Uh, I like playing with the scale a lot. Um, helping the dung beetles out in the bathroom has been pretty fun. That's pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful little game. It's, it's really cute. It's really fun. Um, my kids are enjoying it also just watching me go through it. I like, you can skate around on a bar of soap. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I, tiny kids, a hell of a game. I, a huge surprise for me. I didn't see that one coming as like a game I would really enjoy, but I've been super into it. When I get in a level, it's like, I'm going to get all the pieces of pollen. I'm going to collect all the things I'm going to, you know, find all the artifacts. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm in, you know, it's, it's scratches that like itch in the best ways for me. So highly recommend Tinykin. It's a good one. Yeah. I've I'm in the, I think second area. I like just did. I just got past the fixing the boom box oh, okay. and stuff into the next area. But no, I really love the art style, like the Paper Mario-esque kind of like mm-hmm. 2D characters in the 3D world and stuff is a lot of fun. And I like, like I was telling Shannon last week, because it is very Pikmin, but it doesn't have that time constraint. Like you can take yeah. your time, you can walk around, you can like look around for stuff. Like, so it's nice to be able to kind of take your time to go like collect stuff. And, and, and I like that you can finish the main mission, but still go back to that room. So you yeah, can go like, back and like clean it up if you want. Yeah, there's to. been a couple times where it's like, yeah, I was doing stuff in the area and then I left and then like came back and I'm like, okay, like I need to finish collecting like some pollen here and setting this up to complete the mission. And I like that the pollen stuff isn't just a collectathon because it, you know you do upgrade your helium bubble and you know and all that stuff through the pollen. So that's it's it's worth doing. They give you a, something that helps your gameplay enough that it's worth doing. Yeah, and then it's like, you know, you need the bubble upgrade and stuff to get yeah. more pollen and stuff. So it's like, it's like okay, well, it's required. If you want 100% this, you're going to need to actually take these steps to get this done. Or like to get an artifact, uh, like in that room you're in specifically, to get to the top of the lamp, you have to have two bubbles or you can't do it. So yeah. it, it's like you need to collect all the pollen to get that second bubble just so you can get there. Um, no, it's... It's it's a hell of a game. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm gonna be bummed when it's done because I get the feeling it's not too long of a game, but it's it's fun. It's fun as hell. Um, what what else have you been playing, Justin? There's a game on your list that I'm itching to hear about. Yes. So uh, this week on Game Pass, Metal Hellsinger finally came out. Yeah. And I know we had been excited for that. That's the one where it's a rhythm game. But it's basically Doom. It's like Doom meets a rhythm style game where you are this demon that you're kind of like going, trying to descend, I believe, down into hell through like the multiple like seven levels of hell and stuff. And you have to like shoot the like these smaller like demons stuff along the way. And the music's playing and like as you're going and stuff, like shooting them to the beat and stuff, you know, does like more damage and builds kind of up your combo and stuff like that. So I played that this week and like, it's so sad. Cause it's like, I, I really like it. Like it is fun. It's just one of those where it, 
since it's both a rhythm game and a first person shooter, mm-hmm. it's like trying to mesh to it's almost like Cult of Lamb, where you know it's a roguelike and it's like a farming simulator. And it's like yeah. individually both those things are good, and then you combine them and it's good, but then it doesn't particularly excel well at either one. Like, so that's kind of my problem with it. Like, as a rhythm game, like, I don't think it's, like, that good of a rhythm game in itself as, like, a Doom shooter. Like, yeah, it's fun, but then it has, like, the rhythm stuff. It seems like it's almost kind of, like, just tacked on there. Hmm. So it's, like, and for me, I'm rhythmly challenged. You know, I'm <laughs> not, like, I was never the, the guy at the arcade playing uh, DDR. You know, I yeah was very basic at Guitar Hero. Like, my rhythm skills are not that great, but... They have like an easy mode and stuff, so you know it's not super punishing and stuff, which is how I kind of got through like Crypt of the Necro Dancer and stuff like that, since that's also rhythm based and it's like I'm not super good at doing that, but hmm. it's not super punishing to do that. But the soundtrack is a banger, though. Like the soundtrack's yeah. dope, and that's one of the reasons I really wanted to play it because they got a lot of people from like they got. Randy Blythe from Lamb of God on one of the tracks. They have Michael Stan from Dark Tranquility. He's on like 80% of the tracks. They got oh, uh, uh, Matt Heffy from Trivium. Um, they got Alyssa White from The Chick from Arch Enemy is on there. So they have like Surge from System of a Down. So they have a bunch of good people on the tracks and stuff. And the music's like good and gets you going you're like oh fuck yeah you know you feel like you're like in doom just running like blast and shit you get like swords and stuff too you can like run up and slice stuff but it's one of those i'm gonna play more of it but it's like all in all i wish i guess that it like excelled more in like the rhythm maybe as i play more and stuff it'll Mm -hmm. like grow a little more on me and stuff but i just feel like it could have it seems like a good proof of concept and I wish they could have pushed it, I guess a little bit further than what they did. So, but still fun. Yeah, it's still fun. And especially being on like game pass, a game pass is like, I think great for it. Like that's like a great buy-in for it. And then two, what's interesting. And this is the first time I've actually ever seen this for it. um, It's on game pass, but specifically for the series X. And since I don't have the Series X, I have the original, it wouldn't let me install the game on my Xbox One, but it would let me play it through cloud. So I actually played it through cloud and it ran great on cloud. Like I never had any issues. The game started like right up, um, like loading was really quick and stuff. It, It almost seems faster than most of the shit that I play that I actually install on my Xbox, which was wild. But, like, I never had, like, any, like, frame rate issues or anything when I was playing it on my, my fat-ass original Xbox One, so. Interesting. That's cool. I haven't messed with the cloud stuff at all, so. Yeah, neither Good have I, know. and that kind of forced me. I was like, why can't I install this? And I realized yeah. in the corner of the screen it had the little Series X logo, and I was like, oh, dude, this is the first time I've seen anything on Game Pass that was specifically like, no, you need the new console to play this. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, I guess it's, it's, it's spoiler alarm time. Have we, have we hit the sirens? Dude, I hear some Whoa, sirens. whoa, 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 whoa. Pull the sirens back. Pull the sirens back. Okay. Okay. Are we talking this week about your desired topic, Zach? Oh, right. We totally skipped that. Or difficulty settings. So, uh, thank you, Shannon. That was, uh, I had, I had a couple things brought up to me. Uh, you know, it's funny. We had so much pre pregame 
conversation that I looked at the time we've been recording and I was like, Oh shit, we gotta, gotta move it along. Um, so it, my, my friend Tim on Twitter brought up to me, uh, which I thought was a good topic. What are your guys thoughts on difficulty in these days? Cause you know, it, growing up, it was always one of those things where it's like, I would always crank up the difficulty on games and it was, you know, like Halo had to be played on Legendary and, and all this stuff. And it seems like kind of starting in this most current generation, there's been a lot more of like, hey, man, just play the story. It's all right. Don't even worry about it. Like achievements aren't really tied to difficulty rankings anymore because that was always a big thing initially was like, oh, you played the game on the hardest setting because it would unlock all the achievements underneath it from beating it on like. Yeah, easy mode, normal mode, whatever. Um, and no one does that anymore. You know, like with Horizon, you can just play it through on story and there's no like extra achievements, you know, or anything like that. Um, you know, there's the whole debate about from software games and like why they don't have a more accessible mode so people could actually experience the story and stuff that, and the lore that they've created. Um Sifu originally released this last year as like a hard as balls game. And they were like, Oh wait, we're actually going to allow an easy mode just so people will play it because everyone kind of got scared off of it initially. So I kind of wanted to pick your guys' brains. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, do you, is this something you do now? Have you grown to, to like this or are you, uh, are you stuck in your old ways of like, I cannot drop the difficulty. So I'll tell you right now, I start on normal on everything. Okay. Like I don't bump it up. I don't bump it down. It's just whatever the middle of the road is, that's where I'm going. And Mm. I figured that's going to give me enough balance to where it's going to be just challenging enough to where I'm not going to feel pissed off at certain parts. And I'm not going to feel like the game is going easy on me, right? Like, I just feel like that's my that's my comfort zone. Now, that being said, if I get my ass handed to me, like, a bunch of times in a level and, like, I'm not doing well and it gives me the option to go into easy mode, I'm going to do it because I don't have the time to sit there and get mad at this game. Like, my life is maddening enough at some points. Like, I don't need the video game to be adding to that. Um, so... For the most part, like I stick, I stick there. Now I'll tell you this weekend I was, you know, while we were waiting for the wedding to start in the mm-hmm. groom's room, like they had a Xbox like set up, uh, and they had Forza Horizon uh, Four on it, and you know, so we were sitting there just racing around and talking mm-hmm. trash to each other, and one of the um, one of the groomsmen was like, oh, yeah, well, you think you're so good, and he put it on Unbeatable, which is I didn't know was a setting in Forza Horizon. Um, And he was like, you do it. Do it on Unbeatable then. And I was like, whatever. Like, I'll do it. I don't care. But, like, I was racing. I mean, I'm pretty good at Forza. Like, I like those racing games. Like, I feel I have a pretty good idea of the controls and how to feather things to get the car to run right. I was hitting almost every turn perfectly and those cars were pulling away from me faster than oh, I could geez. keep up with them. And I was like, okay, this is really unbeatable. Like, like yeah. they, they're not lying here. I don't see how anybody can enjoy this game at this level. Um, but you know, to each their own and like the more power to you, but like, I'm happy at normal when Forza tells me, Hey, you're winning a lot of races. Do you want to up the difficulty? I go, no, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just keep winning my races. <laughs> Justin, how about you? I mean, you're creating a game that's hard as balls, so like, I know you like to do hard stuff, right? I, I do, and I feel like it's one of those things where 
like for certain games like anymore now like i i'm with shannon like usually i play on normal or i'll even start on easy and it really just depends on the game like i don't shame people i know that was the big thing back in the day it's like oh yeah oh i beat god of war and like oh well did you beat god of war i'm very hard oh you didn't okay so you didn't really play it did you and that's yeah, like yeah, how yeah. you were treated back in the like if you didn't play it on very hard you were treated like okay well baby just like watch somebody play it then you didn't actually play the game did you whereas now there isn't that like toxic ass like behavior anymore everyone's like oh no accessibility is cool and yeah no it's cool. just put it on easy and play uh but so for me I, I usually play on normal like like dark souls it's one of those things dark souls is hard but it's like that's also the point of the game so that that one's like a gray area for me of like it's designed to specifically be that way and i get that except you could make it accessible and still play it very hard or whatever but they just don't want to do that because that goes around their design philosophy or whatever for the game but for me like when i play devil may cry like i always play devil may cry like on normal and then if i really enjoyed it then okay i'm gonna go up to demon hunter or whatever for like the next mm -hmm. one to like play through it again and stuff but i don't normally like just slam okay hardest difficulty go on my games and stuff like no especially nowadays like i don't have the time to necessarily want to go through like you know so many games come out a week a day like every like they just keep adding stuff like this year they've already added like five more games that are coming out like by the end of this year and stuff so it's like dude like i don't have time to bang my head against the wall and get good at this or whatever when this comes out in two weeks and i want to play it so i'm just trying to get through the game so that i can have the experience of playing it and then move on to the next thing instead of getting hung up and then developing more for my massive backlog that i already have yeah i think and that got mentioned in the discord a few times too where it's like having kids changed a lot for me. I just don't have the time and, you know, going, tying back to um, our other topic of backlogs. Like that was my thing where I was playing through horizon on normal. And I just hit a point where I'm like, I don't have the time to just get better at this and make it easier for me. So I'm just going to make the game easier for me just so I can play it and get through it. And and I mean, that sucks that I'm at the point now where mentally I'm just like, I just need to get through this rather than like sit down and enjoy my time and really explore and do all this stuff. But I don't have the time. I still like playing the games. I still like experiencing the worlds, but I don't have the the Shannon-esque hours of like, I'm going to put in a hundred hours into Horizon. I just, I don't, and I won't more to the point, you know? Um, and I mean if it was on something like a switch that I could take with me and play at work and do all that stuff, maybe that'd be different, but it's not. So I don't. And I think that having the ability to have these games be accessible, to get through them, to see all the stuff these developers have created, there's, that's not a bad thing. Like to your point, Justin, it's like, yeah, I remember those days of like, oh, so you really didn't play it. You didn't beat Halo on Legendary, so why did you even play it? Because, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that t t t it tags back to that whole, like, get good culture. You know, like, oh, Dark Souls, I can't play it because I suck. Well, did you try getting good? You know, and it's like, 
it's like, oh, did you try raising two kids while you tried to beat Dark Souls? No? Guess what? That sucks too. Like, it, it, yeah. How about you get good at that? Um, and, and you know, it's, I'm interested to see with upcoming souls likes like Lords of the Fallen and stuff like that, if they have accessibility modes or if they're just going to take the Elden Ring route of doubling down and being like, nope, this is our audience and this is what our audience likes. Uh, I'll be interested to see how that develops in, in upcoming releases. Cause I think, I think that stigma is just not there anymore for, for these type of games. And, and I, for one applaud it. Like, yeah, give me the story mode. It's great. So I don't know. Um, Shannon, you have thoughts? I was just going to make a little quip. I was like, yeah, it's not the uh, the gamers that are toxic anymore. It's the gaming industry. <laughs> right. Well, well see, it's... they've both always been toxic, but now that one isn't, the other just shines that much brighter. <laughs> well, the difference is the people that were on the message boards 15 years ago are making the games now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. One just fed into the other. Uh, but uh, the other topic I wanted to hit on is, is just what's been on your backlog. Like as far as even stuff for this year that you're trying to get through for this year. Um, Cause yeah, we hit a bit of a lull in releases. I'm not going to play saints row. I'm not a Madden guy. So I was like, now's the time for me to get through horizon and finish that. And I want to restart. I haven't played Elden ring in so long that I kind of want to, and I wasn't having that much fun with the astrologer build. So it's like, I want to do something that has like more combat focused and I want to get on that. So, you know, restarting an Elden ring run, finishing horizon, like anything else sitting in your backlogs that you're trying to get through. Well, um, I was thinking about it. Uh, and the only thing I really have that, um, I want to play is uh call to the lamb. Uh, cause I have it sitting on my switch. Uh, and I haven't started it yet, but I think for the most part, I've pretty much played everything that I want to this year. And I, you know, kind of to your point that you just made, like, you know, I have a child that I yeah. love raising and, um, like if a game comes out and I don't get to it, I'm like, well, I guess that one just passed me by and, yeah. um, there'll be another game that'll come out that I'll, I'll get to try out. Um, and we'll give that one a go. So I, you know, I'm kind of trying to get to be that Rolling Stone gathers no moss kind of thing. Like I don't want to have the backlog, but I think it's beneficial when we get into the end of the year to maybe look at our backlogs uh, as far as games that you guys have or games that you guys have played to put into my backlog. So I have sure. something that I can, you know, uh, talk about when you guys want to discuss these games. So uh, maybe for next week, uh, if you guys want to think about one game that the other two haven't played that you think we should, um, just to kind of put on our radar for, uh, you know, either a game of the year or just a general discussion, I think that might be a good topic as well. Yeah. Justin, you have, you have anything on your backlog? Yeah, I was like, hey, I like Shannon's idea. That sounds mm. really fun. Um, dude, I mean, I have a bunch of stuff on I. A, I still need to play Pokemon Arceus. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, I really do. And before, you know, new Pokemon comes out, I'm like, dude, I really need, because I know I'm sure that's probably going to be, like, maybe up there for, like, game, like on, mm -hmm. like, somewhere on the game of the year list somewhere. So it's like, oh, it'll, I, it'll, I, it'll, be on, it'll be on my list for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I figured. So I'm like, dude, I really want to play that. And it's like, I really want to play um, Stray still. Like, I haven't played Stray, right, yeah. and it's like, I'd like to, you know, check that out. 
And, you know, Shannon talked a lot about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mm-hmm. And as a Borderlands fan myself, I mean, I thought 2 was the absolute best. But, you know, it, I did like the DLC for 2 that was like the D&D with Tina and stuff. And that seems like this is like a full-blown game of that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. of course, like that sounds awesome. So, My um, fear for you is that you're going to jump into Arceus and then you're going to jump right off of Arceus and go into either Scarlet or Violet and it might just be too much Pokemon for you to handle. See, I like Pokemon though. So my like, I I'm the one that played Brilliant Diamond, and I fucking that's like one of the worst. The <laughs> yeah. Brilliant Diamond remake was one of the worst Pokemon games I've like played in recent memory, and I still beat it, <laughs> like despite everything. So I mean, I, think I would be okay. I would to. Sh- I agree with Shannon that I would start Arceus sooner than later. Though. Yeah. Yeah, so no, just, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's good. That, that one's really good. And and yeah, Tiny Tina Wonderlands is another game I would like to I would like to knock out cuz I mean, I know other things will jump out between now and the end of the year, but God of War is kind of like the only huge one that I have sitting on the horizon that I know is probably going to make my list. So See, we'll see. I know I like God of War, but then also uh, Callisto Protocol. Like, yeah, that's a good Mr. point. Dead Space over here, like you know, you're gonna play some Callisto Protocol. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so I'm up to two. That's two, and I know if you guys kept naming them, I'd be like, yeah, and that one too. Okay, yeah, up to three. Okay, we got four. Um, but yeah, I just thought it'd be good to have a, a backlog check in, see where we're all at. Uh. And then, yeah, I, do you have anything older than this year that's been sitting there staring at you? Because I'll tell you what, that copy of Sekiro just keeps <laughs> looking at me. And I keep saying no, but it's sitting on my shelf. And I've heard from so many people that it's good. Like, funny enough, as big as a Souls person as I am, I have not played Sekiro. Oh, uh, okay. Like, that's the only one of their games I haven't played. Hmm. Yeah, I have I have nothing that I can think of right now. Well, Shannon plays all his games. That's great. No, um, no, I just I just I I can't think of anything. There's probably something there, but it's probably from like two years ago. And Justin's like, dude, that was like four years ago. <laughs> um, like I know for me, like Chicory was one that uh, okay. I, never, I wanted to play for. I think it was last year's game of the year or whatever, and I just never got a chance to actually play it and stuff. So I still have it installed and everything. I just haven't actually picked it up and played it. Tunic is one I need to go finish. Yes. I feel like I'm three quarters of the way through Tunic, and I just need to finish it. And I I forget what pulled me off it. I know something probably came out, and I stopped playing it, and then just never went back. But Tunic is another one of those. Um. But like, yeah, Shannon, what about, I mean, we, we touched on it earlier, but what about like the Fire Emblem games? Do you ever have the desire to like go finish that or like go tap back into it or? Yeah, um, I actually did uh, re-download it, um, I think before Xenoblade came out. like, and, and that was the game that I was playing between um, whatever I had before that in Xenoblade Chronicles. Okay. And so I did um, get like, you know, a couple more battles in. Um mm-hmm you know, progress through it a little bit more. Um, so it's still there. I still enjoy it. I still like the game. It's just, it's a, you know, it's a big game, but it, it, it drags in some parts, right? Like, yeah. so, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, when I know I got games that are more uh, fluid with their uh, progress and feel more 
uh, active. Like those mm-hmm. are games that I want to play right now. And, and I got, you know, and Splatoon is pretty and colorful and fast paced. And like, I can knock out a couple matches and feel good about it. Sure. Like, you know, it's sometimes in like three houses, like you could spend like an hour, hour and a half just walking around, like doing all like the little side quest tchotchke things that you got to do, like between um, battles. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's a long time, bro. Like you could do that yeah. and not feel like you accomplished anything. So, yeah. And that, and that kind of t- circles back to our conversation before where it's like, if I'm spending time to play something, I need to feel like I did something. Mm-hmm because I don't have as much time as I used to. Like I don't have an hour or two to just fart around on a map and, you know, like get, get back to the story. And it's like, no, I, I got like, my kids got to get up in the morning and I got to make breakfast and I got to do, you know, it's it, it, like, I can't be up till midnight or two in the morning anymore. Cause everyone suffers now when I do that, not just me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can't, I can't take a nap in the middle of the day, bro. Like yeah. my kid will just like walk in and slap me awake. So, you know, yeah, that doesn't work, but you know, this is growing up, I suppose. Um, well, all right. That was, I, that was a good discussion. Uh, let's, let's bring back the sirens, Justin. They're back. They're back. All right. Uh, thank you again, Shannon, for reminding me about staying on topic. Uh, all right, let's talk uh, She-Hulk episode five. Mean, green, and poured into them jeans is the uh, title of this week's episode. <laughs> okay. And <All> right. <laughs> it was the line taken from her dating profile. Uh, and we got the... I, I did enjoy how uh, Tatiana s- trademarked her name and started selling a whole like cheap cosmetics line based on the name She-Hulk. She had to like counter sue to be like, nah, it's my name. Um, and then using all of the spree of bad dates she went on last episode as witnesses that she identified as she Hulk before the the uh, cosmetic line came out was how she won. Um, it wasn't the best episode of she Hulk. I'll put it that way. But. I also really enjoyed that it was kind of just a one-off episode. It was totally a sitcom thing. There was an A plot, a B plot of like uh, her coworkers trying to get her better suits. I believe the one coworker described her as like, you look like an NFL player showing up for, to court, um, <laughs> which I appreciated because they keep putting her in these huge boxy suits. Cause it's like the only thing that'll fit. She Hulk. Um, so you get the stereotypical fashion designer to to the stars, a.k.a. superheroes, and uh, lie to him that she's an Avenger and uh, get her get her a meeting. And he's like he agrees to make her suits that will work with both her human and Hulk forms. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we get the nice little uh, there's a daredevil helmet in a box but it's gold. So it looks like we're getting the yellow and black suit from the OG daredevil days. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, it was an episode where it seemed like it was a nice little AB plot sitcom thing, but it also was that one where it's like, okay, we're, we're just kind of resetting here. We're going forward. It's going to be however she Hulk is supposed to look 
she's going to look like that now as far as clothing wise and costume wise and all that stuff. And we're now at a point where Jen absolutely accepts herself being She-Hulk. She did it in court, you know, to win a case Uh, and not just show up in court as She-Hulk, but like on the witness stand say, I am She-Hulk, you know, like she, she has kind of come to grips with the fact that this is her now and this is her lot in life now. And it feels like going into the finish line episode six, seven, eight, nine, we should have a much more cohesive what's happening with, with She-Hulk, which I, I now like that they're giving us more runway because if we were going into the typical Marvel thing of, Hey, it's episode six and we're wrapping it all up. There would be a lot of questions at this point, but I think having four more episodes to kind of dig through all of that, to dig through the first five is going to be very beneficial. Uh, Shannon, I know you haven't watched it yet, but Justin, uh, did you agree with my assessment that this wasn't the best episode, but like I kind of dug how they did it? Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely wasn't the best, but it did have a lot of funny moments. I did really like in the beginning too, when the guy who served her the papers that she was being sued was like, well, why didn't you trademark your name? And he's like trying to like lawyer up on her. Yeah. She's like, bitch, I am a lawyer. Like, I didn't think I was going to have to do this. Shit. He's uh, like, oh, oh, that was, that wasn't the paper server. That was her cousin. Oh, that's what yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her cousin. That uh, showed up with a bunch of the cosmetics being like, Hey, can you autograph these so I can yeah, sell them for like a like, huge profit? No relation to this. Yeah. Uh, but, and then the daredevil thing, that was a big thing. I did like, I wasn't sure if that was like old car or if that was just the helmet that was in there. Cause he said that, you know, he was working on it. He's like, why would you leave something from another client out or yeah. whatever? And it was in the box. I wasn't sure if that was just like the like base model, like whatever to like do like the leather work or whatever. Yeah, around. Yeah. That was just like the shape of it to do the stuff for his helmet. But that does hopefully mean that, you know, by, maybe by the end of the season, you know, mm-hmm. like an after credits thing or something, you know, we'll get some sort of lead in to Daredevil Reborn. Well, and it's funny because they've been very cagey about Daredevil Reborn. Like uh-huh. everyone's out there saying different stuff. Like Charlie Cox is being like, well, I don't know if, if it's going to be like directly like associated with the Netflix shows. And then there's Marvel people being like, no, it absolutely is directly related to the X or to the Netflix shows. And it's a, you know, so it, it doesn't seem like everyone's on the same page with the messaging. See, That's what's weird because I heard that it is actually not related to yeah. like the daredevil one through three or whatever. It was its own thing. And that this is just like a completely new thing, even though it's using like, you know, Charlie Cox as Daredevil and obviously like Vincent as um, Kingpin and stuff, even though it's using those same characters, uh-huh. they're not continuing over from that. And this is kind of like a new start for them in this new series. Which would make sense in a way, like, cause the Netflix series all have their own baggage, yeah. you know? And so at some point, how much of it are you trying to like create a through line through everything? Yeah. Especially if like, you know, all the like, B and C list characters from those shows like aren't coming over too. Yeah. It'd be weird to try and explain. Oh well, where's all your friends? Exactly. And, like, foggy and whatever. Like oh, <laughs> so, uh, look. All I'm saying is, if we get no Foggy, we riot. No, yeah, I was gonna but, say I, I I thought Foggy, the actor who plays Foggy, and the actress who played their um their cohort were both signed on to the new show. I hope like, so. I they might so. be. <laughs> I have no idea. I, to be fair, I haven't been following it all that close, but I hope so. I hope so. Um, all right, you went and saw Clerks three. How was that? Yeah, bro. Tell me how that is, please. So, 
Okay, so let me preface, I will preface this before I go into my review for it. I have seen the majority of Kevin Smith's works. Mm -hmm. Of those works, Clerks 2 is my absolute favorite. It always has been. There was a point in my life where me and Shrimp Fried Matt would come home from school and we would watch either Spongebob or Clerks 2. And that's just how it was for like three years. So I loved Clerks 2 and I rewatched Clerks 2 before I went to see Clerks 3 even though I obviously remember it and knew what happened, but I still just wanted to like get refreshed and stuff before going in. And I'll be honest, I was really worried because Kevin Smith's last couple movies, I did not watch the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, um, but his other ones outside of like the Jay and Silent Bob universe and stuff, like I did not like Yoga Hosers. I Tusk was all right. Um, his, I do not like his daughter. Kevin Smith's daughter as an actor, I do not like her. Like, as a small bit part, I think she's all right. But trying to give her a bunch of lines, she she is not an actor. I get that you want to make her an actor, but she, she cannot cut it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so going into this, I was really worried. that I was like, dude, is he going to, like, have her in this too? Because I hadn't really seen her in anything in this. So I was like, dude, I really hope she, like, doesn't have – she is in it very briefly. Um, but does not have a lot of lines, so it didn't bother me. But all in all, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really good conclusion to the Clerks um, series as a whole, and they they reference the first movie a ton, and they towards the end and stuff they reference the second movie a lot too. But they constantly like bring up little moments from like the first two movies and stuff because the whole premise is that Randall, while they're playing. Um, at the end of Clerks 2, they rebought the Quick Stop or whatever, so now they own it. And Jay and Silent Bob, they borrowed the money from them, so they're technically co-owners. So uh, Dante and Randall run the actual Quick Stop, and the the video portion of it just doesn't exist anymore. But that's basically where Jay and Silent Bob live, and so they live in that building, and they turned it into like a smoke shop, <laughs> and that's like where they hang out and fuck around. And Randall ends up having a heart attack on top of the building. And so his whole thing is he feels like, damn, I could have died and kind of has this like midlife crisis of I've done nothing with my life, but sit around and rip on movies. And I feel like I could be doing so much more. So then he decides he wants to make a movie. So then it becomes funny because the movie he wants to make is basically clerks. One is what he's making. And it's really funny to see them basically remaking Clerks, like be so meta that they're like remaking Clerks 1 within Clerks 3. (laughs) But like Randall's the director and he's like, okay, well, I'll also just play myself. And he's like, oh, but he's like doing stuff that like Kevin Smith did. So he's like, oh, well, you know, we can close this and shoot at night and you wouldn't know that it's night because, and it's like all the stuff that Kevin Smith actually did while filming. And they get like silent Bob to be the film person or whatever. And he's like, Oh, like I'm good at filming shit. And he's like, dude, he's like the colors in this convenience store. Are shit. He's like, we're gonna have to film this in black and white. And so they like rev and that's why he did it and stuff initially. So it's funny that they were able to almost incorporate director's commentary within the filming of like, I forget what the movie was called. Randall wasn't calling it clerks though. He was calling it like three tailors or like fucking something yeah. like that. It was some dumbass name, but 
Um, I know Zach's going to see it, so I don't want to get too heavy with the spoilers, mm-hmm. but I thought it was, they, like I said, really good. They made a lot of references to the previous ones. It actually like was touching in some parts, which I was not expecting. And you are going to love it. And I, this, I was the only one laughing in the theater when like first thing when the movie starts, a song starts playing and that song is Welcome to the Black Parade. And that fucking destroyed me in the theater. Like, I was laughing for three minutes at that music choice because, and it's like the full song. Like, they play the full fucking thing. Oh, that's hilarious. It's like the intro to the movie is the entirety of Welcome to the Black Parade. And I was just dying the entire time at the song choice because it's so fitting because it's like people like my age and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, like, I love my chemical. It's like the. But it's like the end of Clerks, and it's like you know that was like the end of My Chemical Romance and stuff. Like at the end there, it's just like oh man, like it was just a big like nostalgia trip like at the beginning of it, which was pretty great. Very People good. Justin's age, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take offense, or you're like, yeah, Zach is gonna watch this, bro. I like I have almost every Kevin Smith movie. Like, just didn't think I was that guy, huh? Didn't think I was that guy that would watch a Kevin Smith movie. Well, I don't I, know. I'm just you saying. Me, but well, okay, like, wait. When you say when you say almost all, when did you tap out? Because everyone did. As it's like Weezer. At some point, you stop listening, right? Like I'll tell you, I tapped out after I. Bef- okay, so I didn't do Kevin Smith movies. Uh, like before, like Tusk. I think I didn't really watch right away. Mm-hmm. Like Tusk, I didn't watch. But uh, Die Hard Four was a Kevin Smith joint. I watched that. Um, and then I think that was the last one I watched. Good clerks two was the last one I watched and I watched it more out of just wanting the nostalgia than anything. Mm-hmm. And that in the theater at clerks two was when I was like, man, maybe I outgrew Kevin Smith, you know? So like if me and Justin were talking before recording, like all the movies that came after that. And I'm like, yep, nope. Didn't see that. Didn't see that. Didn't see that. Didn't see that. And, um, and I don't know, like, Clerks 3 is getting me for the same reason. I'm going with a buddy of mine and we're, you know, who I saw used to watch Clerks 1 with all the time. And we're like, (laughs) yeah, like, let's go check it out. Why not? And I kind of hope I don't have the same vibe of like, man, I just, he lost me somewhere along the way. Or more specifically, I probably lost him since his, his movies kind of always stayed the same. But yeah, I'll tell you, like when he went, and did like yoga hosers and tusk and red state like those movies are kind of like you know uh, an experiment if you will they were movies that he wanted to do like because he wanted to try them out like mm-hmm. the wheelhouse like when jane silent bob reboot like came out i watched that one and it was great it was the same thing that justin is talking about it's like all the nostalgia from jane silent bob like what back when you were watching that Yes, his daughter does play like a huge role in that movie. And like Justin might have a a, a particular issue with that, but I thought it was fine. But there is as much nostalgia in that. And like from a parenting perspective, there are some notes in that movie that like, you know, kind of get you in like the heartstrings. They tug on those heartstrings. Um, So I found some moments in there very touching. Um, And I did find the movie generally humorous. Like it was a a pretty good, like welcome back to form for him for the movies that he's good at. So I'm excited to see what clerks three has to offer. Cause I I mean, even in the trailers I was laughing. So I'm kind of hoping the rest of the movie is like that. Yeah. And they literally bring back like, like Ben Affleck's in it. Like every person who's basically ever been in one of Kevin Smith's movies, that was like a bigger name, whatever does come back for some sort of part. 
whether mm-hmm. it be small or bigger. Like, so everyone does come back for it. So I thought that was good. Good. All right. Well, uh, anything else on the docket? Um, you want to talk I, about cyberpunk, Justin? Yeah. I mean, just real quick. Cause I know, um, I initially, cause you know, none of us really were super huge fans of the cyberpunk game. But when I saw the trailer for the anime Edge Runners, I was like, dude, this is gorgeous looking. And it's like the the world of cyberpunk is like the best thing about cyberpunk is the art style and just the neon lights and like the shitty dystopian like world and stuff of, oh, like, like people would show up and it's like, oh, like you're in a car accident. Oh, he doesn't have insurance. And then they just leave you for dead. <laughs> like we're not helping you like you don't pay us to help you um so and edge runners is actually made by the studio is trigger which is the company they've made flcl kill the kill like they're known for like they're being very weird and like actiony and stuff so i was like all right like sign me up and it delivered like i'll be honest it's probably one of the best animes i've seen in a minute and the action is amazing it has tons of gore the, the music choices is great. And the story it tells, I was not expecting it to be like as like emotionally invested in the story as I was. But by the end of it, like, I'm not going to lie, dude, I fucking cried at the end of it. Like, I was like, it was fucking sad. <laughs> like, when you get to the very end of it, I was like, holy shit. Like, okay. I was not ready for that. So here's my question. Like, I know it's like, you know, edgy and there's gore and violence and it's an adult mm-hmm. like anime, like, I, w- I want to watch this with my fiance, but I just want to know how much like nudity is in this. Is there, is there a bunch of like boobs in this movie in the in the anime? I mean, there is some, so okay. I, I won't be like most of it's quick. But like mm-hmm. the they have the hacker chicks and stuff that you know that go into the bathtubs and stuff, and they like walk around naked mm-hmm. most of the time. But it's not there's not a lot of it. It's it's more violent, I would say, than like than the nudity and stuff the nudity pops up like here and there but it's not like an overall like every episode there's nudity like it's like a maybe like every other episode there's like a scene or two with some like tits or stuff in it but for the most part it's mainly just action and like people getting blasted in the face and like blown up in the chunks and stuff everywhere cool cool you're like okay gratuitous violence <laughs> great but as long as there's no gratuitous nudity. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like, if there's gratuitous violence, she'll just close her eyes and she'll be like, tell me when it's over. But if there's, like, boobs on the screen, she's going to be like, oh, look at this bullshit. Like, why do you got to put boobs in the scene? Like, it's so unnecessary. Yeah, like, you know? There's cyber boobs. <laughs> yeah, there's a balance there, you know? Well, all right. Have we have we done it then, gentlemen? I think we've done it. Right. Yeah, let's land this plane. I've got, I got more meat sweats coming. All right. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Why don't you do the others? You know what, guys? Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Picks a Life podcast. You know, head on over to Discord. You know, let us know. Did you watch Clerks 3 or Edge Runners? Like, what do you think? And what are some stuff on your backlog? You know, so why don't you go on in? We got multiple channels for you, lots of friendly faces. Let us know how you're doing, and, you know, what you've been playing and what you still need to play for this year. And while you're at it, head on over to Spotify. Give your boys a review. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, Zach, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, Georgia Bulldogs number one in the nation, baby. And it'll be great.
Hello guys, it's your boy, Justin. The episode may be over, but we spent a good 30 minutes before recording shooting the shit and talking about music. It was a fun conversation so if you're interested I placed it here at the end of the podcast. Otherwise thanks for listening and see you guys on the up and up. Gotta do something real quick. <laughs> Shannon's like, so do I, and then he just blasts his toilet bowl. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Bra- I mean, Brazilian steakhouse is nothing to mess with, and it just decided oh, it, was, it was gonna be the day it was gonna get out of my body. Let me tell you, it was Toto Destruction this, <laughs> this morning. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was... There's that could be our ni- episode title right there, Toto Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing nice happening this morning, dude. Uh, brilliant. I love it. Man. Mm. I think Shannon missed the memo, too. We both, me and Zach got our, like, death metal t-shirts on, and Shannon's rocking the anime hoodie. He's wearing a Sharks shirt, yeah. bro. So this, what's hilarious <laughs> is the San Jose Sharks gave this away for uh, Chinese Heritage Night, and if that isn't fucking Satan in the middle of that goddamn shirt... <laughs> That Look at that thing. I swear to God, I thought that was like from like, it looks very Silent Hill. Very... Yeah. Look at this thing. There's a shark there and a shark there, but that is the fucking devil right here. Like, <laughs> look at that shit. Like, yep. All right. All right. You, and, you win this one, Shannon. <laughs> and, and I love the fact that, like, I saw it instantly. Everyone, I, when I wear the shirt, everyone's like, oh, what band is that? Like, instantly. You know, like, nope. And I'm like, oh, that's a San Jose shark shirt. And people are like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, it's it's my, the ultimate if you know, you know. I'm rocking my Darkest Hour t-shirt. Oh, look at you. Nice. You're in the, you're all in the Metal Hellsinger mood. I like, am, dude. I got that got that that no god on the back. Uh, I used to one of my favorite shirts used to be the uh, machine head shirt I had that was like the rotting corpse of Jesus on the cross. And it just said, Jesus wept on the back. I'm like, yeah, that was, that was, that was teenage Zach right there. Yeah, Mine were, My two favorites were I had a, there was a band called I set my friends on fire and the shirt just said, I set my fucking friends on fire. That was one of my favorites. Nice. And then another one was an attack attack shirt and really big letters all the way down the shirt just said no fucking respect. That's great. Well, they did get no respect because Attack Attack, there was like two bands and one was like a UK band and one was like a hardcore metal like American band. And like if you were searching on Napster for it, you never knew which one you were going to get. And like, you know, sometimes you got some really shitty songs. Dude, don't you don't got to air out LimeWire like that. Come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> a little bear share back in the Bro, day. If I want like some Evanescence with some record scratches in the middle. I know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> man, Fucking that, first, that first Evanescence album was like pretty unique and decent and then fuck that Thelma and Louise Cliff just hit just (laughs) (laughs) but the uh man we should do a whole like fucking late 90s new metal podcast I could go on for like talk about a band that fucking sucks now have you listened to Mudvayne in the last 20 years like no because I remember liking that song dig right popped into my head one day and I'm like, Oh yeah, I had that album. I remember really liking this album, but I don't remember anything outside of that song dig. And so I put it on. 
that thing is a steaming pile of dog shit. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I like this at any point? Like, I can go back to the Slipknot albums. Like, that first Slipknot album, fucking great, right? Mm-hmm. The Iowa sucks balls. The one after what? that, though, <laughs> uh, like search, Iowa? search your feelings. You know it's true. The, uh, the album after that, though, with duality and all that shit on it, fucking banger. Like, beginning to end, the whole thing just rips. And then, and like, I can go back to those, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally see why this was good. Mudvayne, fuck, dude. Like, goddamn, <laughs> this shit was hot trash. Like, it, it sounds like the Walmart version of Slipknot, you know, like absolutely <laughs> what it sounds like. Well, I mean, there was like a whole like string of bands during that time because like, you know, metal was finding its like feet and people were actually starting to buy their records in like dr- mm-hmm. millions of albums. So it's like, you know, you had like um, Saliva's and like other bands like that that were just like popping off and you were just like, dude, I want to like, put I want to put soap in your mouth right now. Fucking <laughs> saliva. Like, God damn. I, OK, so I'll like as a whole, I don't think Iowa is that good, but I mean, it has people equal shit. Disaster piece. <laughs> Look at him. Heretic anthem. Look at he's got he got has, defensive. I, I like how he, I like how he brought up the receipts. He's like, you know what? No, I've got a track listing here. We're going to talk it, about it. It's one of those ones where it's like, I'm not going to def- say it's their best album. And it's like beginning to end. It's not amazing. But it I'm not going to have... say it's the best 10 songs I've ever heard, but here are the top seven of this album. Yeah, well, it has like three or four good ones. Like, I would say at least like 30% of that album okay. is like pure. So they, so they released a digi single as a fucking album. Like, that's what they did. You know, it's like, okay, we've got, we came up with two great songs, and here we're going to surround them with eight songs of trash. Like, you know, I mean, to be fair, that was par for the course for the record industry then. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, like you had Nine Inch Nails in. that was dropping <laughs> like like these mini albums like left and right. Yeah. I mean, Trent Reznor was just like, "Here, this is something new I'm doing. Put this out. Let's see if it works." And like, it sells millions of copies because people want that one song, you know. So it's just whatever. Uh, okay, well, so let's slow down. Let's like tell tell me the bad Nine Inch Nails album. I I didn't from I that didn't, era. Tell me the was, bad one. Wasn't wasn't further down? Was it further down the spiral? Okay, yeah, fair, fair, ooh, ooh, fair. Ooh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm not counting the remix albums. Okay, oh, that's sorry. like when when Rob Zombie Same. released the fucking remix album with like <laughs> the techno version of Dragula. You know, like technically, <laughs> sure, that was an album, but I don't count it. You know, in in the pantheon. Well, I, I didn't know there was caveats to naming albums. I'm sorry, sir. There, there is a, there's a little asterisk by it. Okay, like give Shannon his W it. and just let him go about his day. Okay, from proper Nine Inch Nails releases, name the bad one. Uh, I don't, dude, I don't know. Like they yeah. were all, like they were all pretty strong in 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 the, in the late nineties. I, I will hear the argument that if you're not a Nine Inch Nails fan, the fragile was pretty fucking long. Mm-hmm. Like anytime someone does the double album route. and and it's like if you're a fan you're loving it but if you're not there's like man you could have made some cuts there was there was one good album between these two discs and uh hmm it's kind of like you know oh hey by the way use your illusion uh one and two are 31 years old now so yeah dude that hurts but to be honest like i know there's great songs on both of those cds Mm -hmm. i just for the life of me i can't tell you which one's on which cd or what, on which album? Well, that's where I was going with that. There is one great album between those mm-hmm. two discs. Because both of them have like four to five bangers on them. And it's like, and four or five not bangers, you know? Like, and so <laughs> it, 
There could have been some editing. There could have been some editing there, and, and you had one fucking phenomenal album. But like Dude, that, that's kind of how I felt about uh, mesmerize and hypnotize. Where I'm like, yeah, they just made oh, it for one sure. album, but they spaced sure. it out, and it's like, did you put a bunch of like? There's a couple bangers on hypnotize, but I feel like you could have just made mesmerize amazing and called it a day. <laughs> well, know? and also, you know, System of Down took a weird turn where you like you've got one of the most unique and and really amazing vocalists in Surge. And then they just started handing all the vocals to the guitarist. And it's like, I don't want to hear this motherfucker and his whiny ass little voice. Like, you know, like why why do you keep having him do the lead vocal? Like Scars on Broadway exists, bro. Like go listen to that shit if you want to listen to it. You know, like uh killed me. And it kind of killed the band. Like they just kind of stopped being as prevalent. I yeah. don't know. Agreed. And, well, and that's where Shannon leans into the mic and says nothing yet again. You know, <laughs> Dude, I'm right here the whole time. I was nodding my head in agreement. I just didn't have anything good to say. This is the same problem that happens every single time. Like, you take the words out of my mouth because, you know, you're great with words. And I don't want to just sit there and be like, yeah, man, I'm going to be put this on repeat. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny that you brought up Scars on I haven't heard Scars on Broadway in forever. And that's another one of those where it's like, yeah, they have like two good songs that I yeah. can think of. And yeah, I they, they said... They said, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, there's the end of the list. <laughs> but as far as uh, we're talking OG t-shirts, uh, one of my favorites was I had a, I picked it up from a tour shirt that was Fear Factories. And on the back, it just said, I've got no more goddamn respect. And I was like, yeah, that's that's 19 year old Zach in, in a nutshell right there. I'll tell you, 19-year-old Shannon was uh, Blink-182's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket album, and I had that shirt, and I wore it forever. I still have it, actually. It's my best band shirt. You you put it on underneath the anime uh, button? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, one of my other favorite ones I have still is uh, it's Chelsea Grin, and it says Chelsea Grin on the back and on the front. It's the Miley Cyrus head, and she has, like, Joker scars, and she's doing the where she sticks her tongue out. That's good. That's good. Uh... What was what was another good? Oh, you you made me think with Blink One Eight Two is Man Overboard. Okay, here's one for the group. Is Man Overboard the best new track on a Best of album ever? Because Man Overboard is fucking great, and like usually the added new song on a Best of collection just always sucks. Like. See, see, we're doing the math. It's hard to come up with another good one, right? Well, I'm just trying to think because, I mean, like, I, I would make an argument that Allison Chains uh, with the new singer after Lane Stanley had some mm. pretty good songs. But I don't know if the songs that they came out with that were good were on, like, a best of album that they just tacked on to see if so, the guy was a good enough singer. So, okay, the one that was on Best of the Box, the Allison mm. Chains. God damn, why do I even know this shit? But the <laughs> one that was on the Best of the Box album was mm-hmm. Get Born Again. Yeah, which was popular. Yeah. And a good song. It's in the running, but Man Overboard's a better Blink-182 song, and Get Born Again is a better Alice in Chains song. That would be my argument. Mm -hmm. And I think the only one that could punch in the weight class is Nirvana's You Know You're Right off of their Best of the Box collection. Mm, I never heard that one. It's good. It's pretty good. Justin, do you have anything to add to this? 
We should cut this whole thing and just add it as like an addendum on the back of yeah, the podcast. Yeah, you should like, just you should just put it in in the beginning. You should just be like, look, we were riffing on some stuff in the beginning, and it, like you know, just go through the like put a timestamp on it for after yeah. spoiler talk, or do it or or try to clip it in before spoiler talk. Yeah, it'll get fixed yeah. in post. <laughs> it'll get fixed. This is actually a good conversation. I, I'm having fun. Um, yeah, I can't really think of another best of though that that. Uh, you know that's gonna bug me because there there have been some good best ofs with like a, a bonus track, and I mm-hmm. can't for the life of me right now remember what they are. Well, and it's like funny because I can't think of any because I usually didn't buy best of CDs because usually I like if I liked them enough, I had all their other CDs sure. anyway, so it's like sure. I wasn't gonna buy the same songs I already own again. Well, and and to bring this around, you know, the LimeWire and BearShares and Napsters of the world really killed that because you could just download the one new song. Because yeah. to Justin's point, you had them all already, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like I'll just burn a disc with this one new song I downloaded, and there I go, you know. Yeah, now they're trying to ruin that on like Apple iTunes and shit like that because it's like if you want that one song, you got to buy the whole album. It's like yeah. album only. You're like, fuck you guys, dude. Like I just want that one song. I'm just gonna go on your. I guess I'll just subscribe to your streaming service and get it for free. I do. Uh, I do like that. In the modern world, they're just pretending torrents don't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's that just people like, forgot. It's like Pirate Bay. I've never heard of her. What? What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I just think it was funny too that we were talking about music because I went to a party uh, on Friday night and we were playing our music through their speaker thing, and there was uh-huh. multiple times where they were like, "Yeah, we're not feeling this," and like changed it, and I'm like, uh-huh. "Oof!" Like. And I'm like, am I? Megan's like, dude, like, do we have weird taste in music? And I was like, no. I'm like, they don't deserve our music. <laughs> but it's because like the dude's wearing like a fucking Rush T-shirt. I'm like, he's not I, gonna like shit that I listen to. Man. Let me tell you. I, that. I, I love, I love how you like totally see more Skinner did of like, am I wrong? No, yeah. it is the children that are wrong. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I have like, I had like techno going, like Cyril. I had Corpse Husband. I'm like, they don't deserve Corpse Husband. I'm like. <laughs> It's like that meme of the dude standing in the corner and everybody else partying and he's just holding his beard. He's like, they don't know what good music yeah, is. Exactly. And I'm like, you know what? On the way home, we're going to play our playlist and we're going to play it extra loud because fuck them. I do like how Megan became like weirdly self-aware. Like, yeah. wait, wait, are we wrong here? Yeah. Like, She's like, dude, we've been bobbing along to it. And they're like, what the fuck is this garbage that's on here right now? And I'm like, you shut your goddamn mouth. It's like, this isn't Getty Lee. Like what is yeah. this, dude? They like put on. Oh god, what's the like? Don't don't stop believing. Like they put mm-hmm. that song on. I'm like, dude, like come on, man. It's it's the next generation, Sweet Caroline. Like white people love that shit. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah, and they were trying to get everyone to sing along, and I'm like, you really turned <laughs> off what I was playing for this. I mean, drunk enough, sure. Like, let's get a drunk. I mean, you're, you're going to hate coming to my wedding. My <laughs> <laughs> there will be zero corpse husband at Shannon's wedding. I'm just putting that out there. Right we'll now. see. I'll, I'll give the uh, the DJ a Hamilton. I'm like, bro, miss you by corpse husband. <laughs> you want to clear the dance floor pretty fast. I can tell you right now, this is going to be you and Megan out there on the dance floor. And you better carry that load, bud. You better Sh- carry it. Shannon's parents just staring at each other. Yeah. Like, what is fucking happening yeah. right now? Like no, that's okay because my dad's gonna be there trying to slip the dude a hundred dollar bill to play Sunny and Shares I Got You, babe, because that was his wedding song and he likes oh, to hear man. it at every single wedding. 
Well, I mean, you kind of have to do it just to get your parents out on the dance floor. You know? I know. And, like, you know, then I'm going to have to back that up with Kiss Me, I'm shit-faced so that yeah. everybody else that, you know, are in our group circle can wild out. Well, I mean, that was the end of the night song at my wedding. So it was pretty it much was good. you and Carlos's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon's mom's like, Shannon, what is an e-girl and why is she ruining this man's life? is one of his songs. You're like, it has something to do with body pillows. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> Don't fine. Worry about it. <laughs> I've got it. Um, okay. I guess we should actually start the show. Huh? I mean, that was a good 20 minute rant. So, you know, that wasn't a rant. That was fun. I, or, I, I mean, liked, not a rant. I yeah, good, it up. good topic. And I learned how randomly my synapses fire when I start talking music and I start pulling random shit in. Like it's you know it's good stuff. I know. Like you almost you like you almost took my Alice in Chains fan card from me. You got like off. You got you got a a pull from like their box collection. I was like, holy shit! You should check out that song, "Get Born Again." It's great. I will. And and uh, you know you're right by Nirvana. Also banger. Um. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the unreleased track on the five finger death bunch. (laughs) (laughs) I heard a lot of that this weekend. That was like your shit. I mean, 10 years ago, like that was theory of a dead man, Rob zombie and five finger death punch. Okay. Wait, hold on. Pause, pause theory of a dead man, like bad girlfriend. Like, were you playing that shit? Unironically? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I, Bad Girlfriend might be one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Like, straight yeah, up. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I mean, you're not wrong. To be fair, musically, it's fine. Musically, it's fine. The lyrics of that song are goddamn painful. Like, Look, I will listen to, like, the first two Theory of a Dead Man albums, but, like, once they kind of hit mainstream, that's kind of when I stopped, like, really kind of... Like, when their music started to become more poppy than rock, like, that's kind of yeah. when I went. Like, I checked out. I, I feel that way about the first two Godsmack albums. Mm-hmm. Like... First two guys, my albums were rad, and then they started showing up in like U.S. Navy commercials, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> hmm. Though I have to admit that that first Godsmack album pulled me in because I was dating a girl at the time that looked like the girl on the album cover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this has to be good, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'll make it good. It's <laughs> much like that relationship. I'll make it good. <laughs> Oh, there's so much more truth there than you are prepared to deal with. <laughs> That's a whole other 20 minute episode for next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo, let me tell you. All right, all right, we should focus. Um, <laughs> though I want sidetrack. I want to just keep going with this. This is fun. Um, It'll get edited in. All right, all right. The the that Pixel Life music compilation uh, podcast. Or uh, a, new, a, new, a new thread on the Discord. So I did have a thought for my for another podcast that mm-hmm. I thought could be fun. So I was digging through my attic and I found my old Case Logic like hundred CD binders. Mm-hmm. And my thought was I could we could call it the Case Logic Chronicles, and we'll pull one album. Like we can go just in order of the book. It's kind of all mixed up, but we'll just start at the beginning, pull one album, go through all the songs, and then pick the best song on the album. Oh, and. Man. I am telling you right now, they are not all bangers. They are not all great albums. I think, I think there'd be a good mix of like great albums and just utter trash. And it would be entertaining as hell because it's all like stuff. I randomly collected through like 95 through 
2001. You know, like it's just like a time period binder. But I think yeah, no, it and it's fun. it's good too because if like you keep I think the snippet of the song under like 30 seconds, you don't really have to worry about like royalties or getting in the way of like. And I uh, wanted to do a little stuff. Yeah, I wanted to do a little exploring because I know like Anchor and a couple of them have like you can set up like music and talk podcasts, uh-huh. you know, and like so I, I need to explore a little bit of how that works, but I think it'd be fun. Hell yeah, <clears throat> and it'd be fun to. And it'd be fun to have a debate between us of like, dude, that song f- is awful. Or like, <laughs> and, and, and like, especially Justin being like out of our age range, just being like, why would you like that? Like, <laughs> oh my God, you guys. But see, at I least swear to God, if Len steal my sunshine comes up, I'm going to fucking laugh my ass off because he's going to be like, what the fuck is that mess? And I was like, you see, don't understand in 1997, least, that was all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> and that girl nice, was though. smoking hot. Like between, yeah. between 95 and like 2001, like, I was alive. So at least yeah, I but, will but you were like, <laughs> but you were like tapped in. You weren't a you know mid to late teenager at that age. Yes, you know what I that mean. That is true. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. Let me tell you, that shit hits different. To use the parlance <laughs> of the modern age, um, <laughs> we got distracted again. <laughs> that would be my uh, that that was my thought for another show. That could be but, really fun. I did have, but it's like, I do like that idea though. Cause I did have fun with you when we were going back and forth on my chemical romance on Twitter. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. As he, but that's an album. Like I don't own because it was already like streamable or not streamable, mm-hmm. but like digitally purchasable when it came out. So mm-hmm. I don't actually have that CD, but I've got a ton of fucking death metal in there. And <laughs> I think it would be hilarious to be like, you know, off a of butchered at birth. This really is the the best song, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I was like, dude, Cannibal Corpse really hit their stride by about the third album. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Eaten back to life, butchered at birth. What was it Tomb of the Mutilated? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When once you got to entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt, they really were nailed it, <laughs> nailing it. You know. <laughs> oh man, Cannibal Corpse. A little bit of undying fetus. Oh no, that's that's too that's too recent. Um, that's de- too recent. <laughs> yeah, deicide, deicides in there. Uh, at the gates. Um, yeah. Okay, I know at the gates, like dark tranquility. No, I never had that one. I never had that. Or like uh, dissection was another one. That was that was like my friend Luke had all that shit, and I would just steal it from him. Mm-hmm. Like the like mayhem and the early emperor stuff and like all that yeah. stuff. That was all Luke. So, how many Tool albums are in there? I think the first two, the first two would be in there, Undertow and, and Anemia. Um, There's going to be some long episodes. <laughs> you got you got a good chunk of Slayer is in there, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know? Okay. Um, Machine Head, the first two mm-hmm. records. I'm trying to think of, like, hardcore shit that would be in there. Grave, that was a, like, Swedish death metal <laughs> band that I got that. Uh, oh, Chris, Chris Barnes' follow-up band to... Uh, to Cannibal Corpse, Six Feet Under. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. bro. Yeah. Which is painful to listen to now. That's what <laughs> I was like. I liked this. God, this is like death metal for babies. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but yeah. Any time. kill switch engage? Uh end of end of heartache is the only one I have. End of heartache. Okay. Um it's kind of like the uh God damn it, what was the band that did that song Trigger? Um, 
Mm. It was another one of those like melodic metal from Europe. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm looking it up now because it's going to kill me. Uh, in Flames. In Flames. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I used to fuck with In Flames. They had that one album that was all just like medieval. Kind yeah. Of that yeah. was so good. That was my favorite. I used to listen to that while I was at work all the time. I think I in- saw them at like a Vans Warp Tour once or something. Uh, I saw an In Flames Kill Switch Engage co tour. That was really good. That's dope. Um, the uh, oh, Fin Troll. It's like, it's like Nordic death metal, but it's all about trolls. It's rad. Every song sounds like a pirate drinking song. It's fucking yeah, great. I was like, I used to be into like the ale storms and the oh uh, yeah, um, goddamn Court Court Pacelli or however you pronounce pronounce it. Uh, uh, what's the fuck the the metal band that's fronted by a woman? Um, um hold on. If you pull on. this out of your hat, dude, Arch like... Enemy. Yes, there it is, <laughs> oh, dude. dude. Dude, I fuck with Arch Enemy. Dude, I yeah. loved Arch Enemy so much. Like I blew my mind when I found out that that was a female that did the vocalist, and it's cool because she's on, which we'll talk about it. But she does some of the like I think one of the songs in uh, Metal Hellsinger. Oh really? They got they got her to do vocals. Yeah. Um. What's the? Uh... There was another one with. Uh... Oh, My Ruin. Did you ever listen to My Ruin? Mm-mm. They're they're another one where it's fronted by uh, they're fronted they're, they have a woman fronting the band, but sh- her vocals are fucking rad. Like it's way more of the like down oh. Pantera style metal, you know, like more way more sludgy melodic type stuff. But her vocals are fucking sick as hell. Yeah, it's like I really like the Otep. Oh yeah, yeah Obituary. Yet ghost, yeah, ghost flowers. <laughs> Nile. Nile was in there. Um, all right, we actually got it. <laughs> this is the podcast. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is the, we, this we've is now made now. it. We've now done it. Uh, this is the podcast. Okay, okay. Are we ready? Yes. I've, now that I've drank my cup of coffee and we're not even. 